you lot. You're listening to Arch Hammond. Episode 208. On tonight's episode, the smart manling, he's got a baby, and those babies need attention. So he left the fat manling alone, and that was too smart to stay alone. So he called all the way across to England to get a little honesty on this show. So shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and mayhap even there might be a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you Rob Symes, a big workbook, and as much honesty as you care to handle. I am your host, David Witek. And uh, as the master engineer so kindly put it, Alex isn't here tonight. He's with his beautiful baby, Joan. And um, baby's beautiful and wonderful. Daddy and mommy are happy. Um, and, uh, and up every couple of hours. So this is not happening today. Uh, he will be back on the air soon. But rather than pretend that I can do all this by myself and put out anything of quality, I have reached out to friends. And they're uh, coming on to help for the next couple of episodes. So tonight we are joined by my good friend Rob Symes. Rob, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Your introductions are stellar. They are. <laughs> they're wordy. <laughs> they are. No, they're beyond good. People, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sat here pumped now, and it's nearly midnight in the UK. I'm like, yes, let's talk about everything. <laughs> uh, and also, congratulations to Alex. Oh, man, those pictures of that baby. That baby is so cute and of course he posts up the obligatory it's good she looks like mama but she is just adorable and about the third picture he sends through she's totally got her hand up over her face and head turned to the side i'm like that baby's already tired of the photographs i love that child she is just <laughs> that, that is just she is fantastic Paparazzi. exactly <laughs> get this camera out of here i'm already i've been out like a day i'm tired from the move just get that thing out of here so oh so good so um Rob, for those of you who, <laughs> if they're listening to this and they don't know who you are, they're not paying attention. But for anyone who may not know who the, the famous Rob Symes is, could you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Well, <laughs> I don't think I'm that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I'm Rob. I run The Honest Wargamer, uh, so, uh, which is a, a Twitch show predominantly, but podcast and everything else. Um, and we, uh, uh, we had a mission statement at one point, if I'm honest with you. But now we're we're somewhere else. We are exploring wargaming and what that means, and probably moving into being the world's best t-sport professionals. That's right. Yeah, that. <laughs> t-sport. That <laughs> <laughs> I read that in the thing. I'm like to sports. I'm like, is that a typo? And then it's like tabletop sport. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that because as I was reading it, like, yeah, what, so the... what does that mean? Uh, so yeah, that, that's who I am. A big fan, by the way, and uh, I find it nothing but a privilege and an honor to be asked to be on the show. Uh, I when way back when when I was but a no one, which is still now, uh, to be honest. If you listen to my friends, um, I would listen to your show. It was excellent. You helped me through the end times. So a big thank oh, you from me. Thanks. I'm glad you enjoyed those. That was a lot of fun to do. Uh, it was so funny. We met at Adepticon that one year, and you're like, it's so weird. I'm hearing your voice, and it's not like when I'm out for a walk or got <laughs> headphones on. And I'm like, the same, you know? <laughs> like, I see <laughs> Well, you usually on... when people listen to me, they can see my face. Yeah, well, that's uh, it. Yeah. I, at least I could spot. I spot. I knew you. Here I come walking up, hand out. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Security. <laughs> 
Yes, I do that often now. I'm just like, which is why also with the Twitch show, I ask people to introduce me if they meet me in the real world via their Twitch handle. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm like, what's you or your Twitter handle? That's easier. I find that. Do you find that? I do. Do you get that? You're like, yeah, okay, good. Well, I mean, look, everyone calls Branch Want Rellion. Uh, last year at Adepticon, I walked up. I knew Mitzi and Jimbo because they were wearing shirts that said Mitzi and Jimbo 9 Jimbo. <laughs> I hope they did it the other way around, though. That would be excellent. Oh, that would have been funny if they had on each other's shirts. That would have been fantastic. They did not, though. They, but uh, Those guys are fantastic as well. They're just great dudes. They're so good, and they're so much fun to hang around with. And I walk up, and I just start start talking to them. And they're looking, like, who is this guy? And I'm just like, hey. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, hey. It's, <laughs> I'm like, you had your name on your shirts. I got. To, I had to at least pretend like I knew you. I don't think anyone who even hears you talk doesn't know it's you talking. <laughs> I have a distinct set of vocal cords. Yeah, you and Paul Murphy are the best voices in all podcasting. <laughs> it's just a fact. Oh, geez. Uh, my wife would disagree. <laughs> my family's like, are you recording again? Don't you talk enough during the day? <laughs> No, I don't. Now I'm getting my real feelings out. Those are my fake feelings for work. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Uh look at okay, we are off to a hot start here. Let's um let's jump in and uh, oh, you know, hey, you mind helping me out, Rob? Uh, I got to do the thank the sponsors thing and usually Alex handles that and I would you mind just grabbing it since you got the notes there? My there's... pleasure. Uh, as always, we need to thank the show sponsors, Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos, Chaos Superstore. Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios for, for all your basic needs and Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in oh wow, Wakanda. Wakanda? No, wait, Wakanda? Yeah, just like, like yeah, not that Wakanda, <laughs> and not that Lindsay, exactly. Are you, are you being serious? Can I genuinely move somewhere and say, I live in Wakanda? Do you know how many people, like, were calling and looking for travel arrangements to Wakanda after that movie came out, and people kept coming up with <laughs> Wakanda in Illinois? They were not. Oh, yeah, dude, that was a big thing. I actually have a friend who does, like, travel stuff, and it popped up on the internet, and I was like, is this for real? They're like, oh, yeah, when the movie comes out. Dude, when that Princess Diaries movie came out, people thought that that Genovia was a real place. They wanted to go visit it. I had students who wanted to retire there. They were mad at me. They didn't talk to me for, like, a week because I convinced them that Genovia is not a real place, despite the fact that there was a palace in the movie, and they had a national anthem, and a national, uh, uh, you know, export. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, uh, Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda is the best place, and you can definitely get that man a shield. Uh, <laughs> or that orc a oh, shield. There, and there you go. The associate producer, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, and Christopher Sanders, executive producer, Nicholas. Oh, no. Nafpilitis. Nafpilitis. Yep. Nafpilitis. Uh, yeah, and uh, I also want to welcome our newest patron. Uh, came in, and we have a new associate producer. It's AJ C. Now it's AJ, and then the last name all they put was C. So he's AJ C. So I, if you slam it all together, we could probably make some cool thing out of it. Like you know, I don't know what, but it's AJ C. So he is our new T-shirt. I think I'm gonna have to figure out what that means. I'm gonna have to come up with something. AJ. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I do want to thank everyone for becoming part of the 1% who make this show and everything we do here uh, possible. Because without you guys, I couldn't do half of the things that I'm doing. So, As a yeah. yeah. Um, oh, one last thing. Hey, Rob, did you know that Garage Hammer has voicemail? 
did not know it has voicemail, but if I was to ring it, how would I? Because I want to. <laughs> well, if you're calling, it's one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. Now, Rob, because you're an international caller, you may have to dial zero zero. Then one seven five seven GH show six. So, um, I did get a great voicemail um, from, and I'm, I, 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 but I have to wait for Alex. To come on because we have someone um, It was a long voicemail And they wanted to do some cool stuff with the show And I want to talk to them first before I go Announcing stuff and make sure I talk to Alex But anyone else who wants to just leave A voicemail that's not like really Long and complex and involves lots of other things Feel free Because I love getting voicemails I really do um, It's really cool um, It's it's a dumb It's interestingly the opposite of me My voicemail on my phone is turned off Oh really? I don't, like getting, I don't like getting voicemail like from random like stuff on my voicemail, but people who call up the show, they usually call with something pretty fun. Yeah, Warhammer people are the best people. If if I could have it so that my voicemail only worked for them, like you do, not only <laughs> would I listen to it, I would probably take advantage of such an amazing service. <laughs> yeah. Well that's what we did. We set up the Google Voice and it's just voicemail. And so and it's and it's fantastic because I, I love when people call in to say say cool stuff, how much they like the show and stuff, so all right. Uh, you know what? That's everything. Why don't we take a quick break? And uh, when we come back, um, well, we should do the toolbox because I, I bet you've been busy. I know I have. And uh, in the past few days, man, GW's been pretty busy with all the stuff they've been putting out. So we need to talk about that. So we're going to take a break, folks, and we'll be right back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back, back with the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Rock Superstar. That's right. Wow, let's do this. Yeah. All right. So, um, Rob, have you been doing any hobbying lately? Anything big? Anything you haven't like been just you know anything you, you want to talk 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 about? Yes, I did my very first uh, zenithal highlighting on a model the other day. Oh, really? that's right. How yeah, did yeah. Turn out? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, like I've always. I, I've always had to make too many armies to play at tournaments and stuff. That I've ne- I've always been a functional painter over a, a painter for style, um, but I've committed to playing an army for a year 
uh, and that really helps because it means I can hobby in the background on stuff and, and, and slow build things. So I was painting the Wildfire Taurus from the Beast of Chaos book, uh, which is a great endless spell. I'm super in love with endless spells at the minute. Um, so I painted that. I did the flames with an air gun, uh, airbrush, and uh, the, the body. And I'm going back and I'm doing all the, the horns and everything now, but I can't quite decide whether I should go for kind of more classic y horn color or something more fire based and a kind you know and, and try my hand at wet blending because I've never done that either. So that's been me so far. Um, and then uh, I think I'm putting a Nighthorn army together next week. Thanks to my nice. very lovely friend Paul. Nice. What about I, yourself? I'm, I'm liking that night haunt. I really am. Like I'm like I'm still doing my legions in Nagash, but I have night haunt like sitting here to add to it and uh and not just those guys with the big size but i've been painting up the you know the basic schlubs trying to get that going on i'm still trying to get the you know the chain rasp that's it the chain rasp dudes I, it's for me it's the black coach like and oh. and and it's a competitive game i'm like i know this isn't good uh there's it doesn't provide any utility that's that's worthwhile in my opinion um, but there's a formation, and I love the you roll tens, you attack twice. I imagine being on the receiving end of it is awful. I've been on the receiving end of it; it's not fun. Um, <laughs> but the excitement, and you can you take the black coach in a formation where you can roll it on nines instead of tens. So uh, uh, nines. Uh, Wait, what are we talking about? So, in, if you take a nighthorn army uh-huh. and you have the nighthorn allegiance, one of the allegiance abilities is if you make any charge rolls of a natural ten. Oh, okay. You get to strike and then you get to strike again oh um, so you get two goes of combat before your opponent can strike back which is amazing um now obviously it's a 10 so the maths on it is like it's 12 percent or something it's not quite that but it's not very it's not something you can rely right. on no it's not easy yeah uh, there's a formation that we can bring that to the nines. Now uh, we can bring that down to a nine, but the units inside the formation, because it's not like a big battalion like you would find in some of the other books, like a Stormcast book, let's say. Um, it's quite small, uh, and it has some very unoptimal units uh, like uh, Hex Wraiths and the Black Coach, but <laughs> still really, really fun. Um, and I'd quite like to play an army like that, especially because it's it's a rewarding experience. It's most of the time this isn't that great. But then sometimes it's great for me, and it adds some drama to the dice rolls, which I love. I love the I love dice roll dramas. It's just really fun that way. Yeah, uh, it's and it's it's such a gorgeous model. Like I liked the old one. Yeah, uh, it was fine. But then you see this, you're like, oh my! Like you, they just they crank that up to eleven really quick. My eyes are closed right now because I'm just like sitting in the joy of it. I'm shaking my head. I'm like, this is it's brilliant it's like I, I i i sometimes get like this with rules and models where i just want to see models on the board and i wish the rules were better just because i'm just like there should be four of them flying around doing some anarchic insane who knows and i wouldn't care they're amazing oh yeah like, that's the thing you when you get these cool models and you want to see them on the table but people don't want to play them because they just don't slot or fit in any way that you can take them to a tournament now i'll take them anyway because uh, you know, that's me. In fact, we're going to talk about that when we get to the to the handbook because I definitely fall into that. I'm just going to bring stuff, and uh, <laughs> and I've done that plenty of times. I mean, this army I'm bringing to Wapaka in about three weeks, and that's what I've been working on, just painting up. Uh, you know, I I did Nagash. I t- spent like all summer on him. Right, I just went and followed Duncan's little thing, and I went step by step, and it and he looks pretty darn good like that's probably one of the best things i've done 
I'm like, well, so I want to take the rest of the army with him, but my old my old vampire counts army was all green. I'm like, nothing matches him here. So now I'm kind of going over it all, and I'm repainting this thing. And um, as I'm going through it, I'm just like, oh, uh, what are we? What are you taking? Well, I'm taking a lot of these guys because I have them. <laughs> and I'm taking a lot of these guys because I have them. Uh, should I throw this in? I'm taking the Mortis engine. Be- why? Be- well, it's that or another necromancer and so, and uh, and uh, and and fifty points for uh, for a command point. And, and uh, I'm like, big fan of the Mortis engine. I'm a big fan. Another amazing model. Yeah, it's so beautiful, and I haven't pulled it out in years. And it's like. Um, just get this rebased plus once again filling up the points i don't know how well it's going to do on the table i mean i'm running i've got nagash a mortis engine a necromancer 30 grave guard 40 skeletons and two units of five dogs and i think that's my whole army oh and i got no the geminids and i think that brings it in like 1950 so i get an extra so command point and i'm like you've to my most recent show every army list starts with geminids oh does it and then you move every army list I can't begin to tell you. I, I, I played a game the other day, um, and this is what I've been doing a lot of recently. I've played a lot of games the past few weeks, which I've been really loving. Um, and I don't want to fall into the trap, because I think I love the endless spells. So I've been playing with a few. Um, and Geminids is this beautiful... like it, it, Some things you think it's just... You, you do a thing, and that's, that's it done. The Geminids is one of those things where it's a skill you're going to learn... You, you play it in 10 games, 10 games deeper, you'll be like, man, these are not only are these awesome, there is a skill here like that you have to. It's kind of like, do you ever play a game and you think, OK, turn three, we're going to be around this area. And that's the that's the plan. That's the idea. Well, that's right. where I'd like to be. Yeah, you've got that. And then you need to add on top of that the complexity of predicting that. But then hoping your Geminids are going to be whether you need to be in turn three as well. It's it's just another, and for me that's just awesome. It's brilliant, just so so good. It's frustrating to play against as well as, as I've been on the receiving end. So, <laughs> but just just so glorious, and they look awesome. I endless spells on the board, more more, just more. I just want more and more. They just look brilliant. A rousing uh, a rousing endorsement of them. I haven't played too many of them, um, but when I do, they're fun. They're 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 a neat thing that comes on. Um, and it does add that extra level, that extra element of, you know, throwing it down. Then, you know, I was playing with the Stormcast, dropping that Comet, and it's like, boom, and then everybody moves. I'm like, okay, get rid of the Comet. Why? Because I'm going to throw it again over there now. <laughs> Did you enjoy the Comet? The Comet is just terrifying. It's just you know, it's so much fun to play. And it was. It's like, it, you know, and I'd sit there, I'll leave it there, and it's like, okay, his his army's moving kind of slow. I think I can nail Okay, I'm going to leave it. And then it's like, all right, I got him for a second hit. Next turn, he's definitely going to be gone. Let's take this thing off the board so I can get ready to aim. And I take. And when you take it off the board, your opponent's just like, okay, I got to scatter. <laughs> like, my guys have to move. They can't all be near each other because he'll just pick that place and bomb it again. I'm like, oh, that was so much fun. Which is which is so, so good. Like, me and uh, I was talking to some people about it. 100 points for the utility of um, threatening your opponent on the first turn when they deploy because they want all their buffs next to each other and their characters and the synergy. And then they look at you and you go, I'm going to put a big golden comet or is your silver or if yours, if you're not painted it I, yet. I did it mine. Uh, it's like the white center with bl- getting blue and then dark blue on the outside. So it matches up with the, uh, I got, I got the golden boys. So the blue matched nice. 
yeah, there we go. So, and then you're just like, there's that big, there's that big blue comet coming my way. Yeah. I best not stand, they best not stand too close to each other. Although it's a pretty massive range, so that's quite hard to achieve. Um, and that, and that 100 points to just spook your opponent in a deployment is brilliant. Just really good. I, I took it on a whim. I'm like, this one looks like fun. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this totally worked. I made it a is good fun. choice. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's uh, it. The I I like the endless spells too. And now the 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 beast ones look really cool. Okay, I like yes. those. Um, the the original pack looks pretty cool, but they're kind of hit and miss. Because I gotta say, the the stormcast ones that aren't the comet are a little goofy looking. Um, yeah, I and, could be more. And yeah. the the death ones with the jack in the box. I was just like, okay. Um, and and uh, we've looked at the what is it the uh, the new gits theirs yes. came out and they got what I think there's four endless spells is what it looks like in there if I'm correct and three of them are great and one of them is a placemat. <laughs> I mean, did you see? I like that. I said, really? Wow! Oh, ooh, that one. Uh, but I don't want to make fun of it. I can't. And I'm not. I'm actually. I'm. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about Gulum Spite Kits before Alex gets back because he will kill me if I if I do that. Because I mention them. Although <laughs> although the mushroom uh, is key. If it anyone is. gets the opportunity, you should read the story, not the story, the narrative for that because it's it's a small um, uh, it's a small uh, toadstool that's pulled out of the toe like the the toe crack of a shaman and then thrown. And it becomes that giant fungus bomb. Oh, that's fantastic! That's gross, gross and wonderful awesome. all at the same time. <laughs> but but utterly fantastic! Yeah, it's a, the the toe grenade. Uh, it's terrifying. Oh, that's great. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. So, you've been doing some gaming. You doing any other gaming? Uh, no, I've just, oh, I've been playing 40k AOS. I've been I've okay. been trying to rediscover my, for my love for 40k. Hoping the new chapter approved missions finds it for me. Uh, so I played with some orcs yesterday, and they were great. So I think I'm okay. I uh, I've been I played in a little Underworlds because I'm trying to get back into the groove with that because I do enjoy that game and I don't have all the new rules down yet. Um, and then uh, I I'm enjoying 40k, but I I got to play Blackstone Fortress. I, okay, I really liked that. What was it about it that you liked? Well, uh, apart from obviously the amazing dudes. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I like a, I like a dungeon crawl. Like a dungeon crawl is always fun, and that's basically what they are. It's Warhammer Quest with forty k, um, but like, whereas I, you know, Silver Tower was was decent. It's fun, you know, you can crack it out and play it. Um, I know, like Harrison doesn't like it though, and a couple of my other friends are like, yeah, it's okay, but you know, it's just it's it gets kind of samey samey, and I'm I'm supposing that. That you know this uh, Blackstone Fortress can get that way, but they've improved on just a couple of the rules, and that made huge changes. Like, if you have you ever played Silver Tower? Played Silver Tower, yes, yeah. absolutely. And and I would say that I, I I think I have to agree with that. It does become a little bit okay. This is going through the motions a bit. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. when you're playing Blackstone Fortress, you get a unit of traders come in. And there's five of them, right? You yeah. roll for each one individually. And then you go down a little chart, and there's a list. Like, you roll a die, and, that, okay, go to that number. And this chart gives you a list of different criterion. And if he doesn't meet that criterion, then you move to the next one. The first criterion he meets in that box, that tells you what he does. So every single guy you're facing could be doing something else, different, crazy. And it's not like, oh, you roll it, and they all just move mine. It's like every guy there is a guy. 
and they all have different things they can do to come at you. And it makes it just a little more exciting because you never know if the guy with the, if the guy's holding a las like literally they'll say if he's holding a las gun, boom, the drop to this because um, they have different weapons and stuff. So the charts suddenly space out and and you get that feel like you do playing 40k where these guys are here but they're equipped differently and they're going to do different things um and it it was it was it was kind of exciting we were having a good time with it good it, well uh, I it think sounds it's like, well then I, I, so you've now motivated me to go give it a try i sometimes um it's a better never silver upset, tower oh which is good I, i'm never upset by the box sets i like I sometimes look at the box sets as just like they're like eighty quid or a hundred pound or whatever it might be. Right. Um, obviously, in in the UK, we usually trade gold doubloons at Gringotts for for, for <laughs> box models. Uh, <laughs> or or after having visited the Queen, as you yeah. assume that oh, I must yeah. have done. You all get Go together because everyone lives near London, right? Everyone's near London and. In England, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never go early in the morning because of the smog from all the coal fires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once I once I battled off a few of the uh, of uh, of the local kids from uh, picking my pockets, um, to, I uh, I eventually make it to the games workshop, and then I think, mm, what a handy box of miniatures that I can play while drinking tea and scones with the Duchess of Kent. I'm drinking tea right now. I ain't no, I have no problem with that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I do, I, sometimes I see them as a, um, uh, you know, I almost feel like they need to say, hey, this is a game you can play. But sometimes I would be like, you know, if you just said, hey, here's a box of models, I'd be like, I'm in. Like, give me a story because the story is important to me. But then I'll pick up the I'll pick up the units. But if you say it's really good to play, that's excellent. Then I think I never buy them for the purpose of a game. But if you say it's good, then I, I think it's worth a crack. I, like I said, I I know like and the guys at, at my at, at Lindsay's over in Wakanda, Illinois, um, they were playing it like, Dave, this is actually really good. I'm like, really? So and I and so I put it all together, and we were playing down here. Like I said, Harrison doesn't even like Silver Tower. He's like, it's, he's like, uh, he's like. I, I get it. The models are cool. The games, the story's cool. It just gets too boring for me. And he's like, he, he's like, I'll play Blackstone Fortress again. He's like, it, it, they took everything I didn't, everything that was kind of slow or, or just didn't seem, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be more complex, but it just gave it more. There's more depth in this than in the uh, AOS version. And uh, I, I'm loving the hell out of this game. Oh, that's really exciting, especially as they they showed at the the open day that there's going to be at least one or two expansions into it. Sure, uh, sure. Which, I mean, I'm super into that. I really, really got super hyped and excited about playing Necromunda because uh, I like I really I really like that narrowing in of the 40k universe into right. like that small space, and I'm like I can get into this. But I found the game um, a little, oh, not a little bit. I found the game very. Uh, lackluster realistically and i was like that because i wanted an off game i wanted a game that i picked up and was like this is my fun game this is not work this is just right. me having off this is um and it, unfortunately that doesn't seem so to what be. about kill team i think i'm gonna do blood bowl oh well i, I love blood bowl yeah you can't go wrong with blood bowl mm, um, i had but, do me an intro game the other day and i was like <laughs> yeah no the the new the new minis are nice and that and uh, blood bowl is always fun um, yeah, I, around here, a lot of people are playing Kill Team. That's where the excitement's at. And I'm like, I'm not certain how it's different from Necromunda. It sounds like 
uh, a lot of people are enjoying it though. Um, a bunch of my friends have picked up sets, and so they're like, "Dave, you got to at least pick, pick up one set. We've got the rules. All you need is a set." So I picked up the orcs. Yeah, that's good. Uh, my friend Nikos, who does the Thursday show with me on Forty K, right? Uh, same thing. He's like, "This is this is," and he's been trying to get me to play bolt action for a while because he's really invested in alternative action, uh, alternate activations. Okay. He's like, He's like you just feel you just feel super super involved all the time. Like you play a good game of Warhammer, like you're still watching even if your opponent's fast, you're probably watching them take a turn for fifteen minutes to maybe, I don't know, thirty five, forty minutes, and sometimes longer, but that becomes a little bit like I don't want to watch anyone play for an hour, really. Right. Um, but the ordinary activations, you take a turn with a unit, I take a turn with a unit, I, I, I'm on board with that. I think that that could be really... Uh, it, and we played a, we played a, a few games here just with Imperial Knights, which is what Titanicus is like as well, but we just did it with upscaled, big, full Imperial Knights. Nice. And that was just... It's just so much fun, and much more balanced as well, because you, 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 know, you can't just zero in a whole army on a single unit. I mean, you can over the course of a game, but... You can react. I found it really exciting. Uh, so Kill Team does that. So uh, it, Kill Team could be the thing I do, definitely. Yeah, like I said, I just know a bunch of people who are playing. They're like, Dave, we want to come over and we want you to play. And you're, they're like, trust us, you'll like it. And they're like, you got enough models. What's one more box? <laughs> Not true. That's what that's what my inner that's what my inner person is saying yep. to me about the trogoths. And I'm like, no. Oh uh, no! No kidding, dude. Everything in there looks so cool. I'm so excited. I'm actually I'm excited for Alex. Alex, when I first met him, um, he was there and uh, he was running uh, this tournament that I went to, and he had the the Ringer Army there it was an all Grot uh, army, all Goblin army at the time, and uh, I just thought it was there as his Ringer list, and it turns out no, he played Orcs and Goblins back when they were Orcs and Goblins, and he only played all Goblins. And that's like he just loves God. so like I, I, he's just been going crazy like since the announcement came out he's like he said don't do don't you're not don't review that book do not find someone to review that book with without me I'm like don't worry about it man I got plenty of time and things to do so I just get excited for him I'm not even thinking about buying it though because I, I know the few people I play with a couple of them are already in on it so I'm like there you go we're not all playing goblins that would be dumb. That's it. Nathan's like, uh, I've been waiting. Nathan, uh, like Nathan has been. So this is my show host on a Monday. He does right. AOS. Nathan's uh, and it, before I worked for Games Workshop, we used to do a podcast uh, together. So me and Nathan have been involved in, in talking about AOS since since it's pretty much its inception. And um, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's been he's been waiting a long time for this. Uh, this is the payoff. So I'm just gonna I'm preparing to get my my ass whooped. <laughs> So much, <laughs> like royally, just like Odia, because he's been playing an understrength army for three years. So uh, and now they're I giving have... him the tools, and you know he's uh, you know Saturday morning he's going to be in the first guy in line at the shop. Like, all right, let's have it. <laughs> he's already like he already. I think it's already a half and half between us. Um, so I'm terrified. I'm honestly terrified. If I, I, I'm going to admit this to just you guys, I'm terrified. <laughs> we won't tell him, and we know he doesn't listen, so it's okay. He doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> I, I know because he says it. So <laughs> he doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> listen to anything he's, he's just on he's just... the podcast begrudgingly because otherwise you're not going to play with him against his goblins 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I'm so scared. I was, and they, and they, but what's cool is, is when I read this narrative with the tow, the tow grenade, um, the, the tow atomic bomb, and I was like, Do you know what? I'm, I'm in. You've got me. I'm, I'm convinced. There's, there's something, there's something about a maniac winning your heart. I don't know <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you know, and the best part is, someone's going to read that and be like, "Man, someone's not even taking this seriously." And you, <laughs> do you realize what you just said? <laughs> I don't think I don't think they should. It's, yeah, it's it's in, it's crazy. It's real. Like, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm very much looking. For, no, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited about it. So, um, all right, what else do we got? Um, we usually go into an other just because, like, they're you know, I do the we all have other hobby things we do that aren't AOS. And if there's anything that you're like, ooh, this is hot, I need to tell people about it. This is the this is this this slot. Uh, Books you read, uh, movies you saw. I mean, it, it can be nothing. Oftentimes, there are weeks where it's nothing. That wasn't that great. It, I, I just yes, so good. Uh, I really, really, really liked it. And um, I, 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 so I make videos is one of the other things that I do. And I, I'd say that I'm super into video and film. Um, and I saw Aquaman. Now, I actually, how can I describe it? I saw Sometimes, it too, so go ahead. Okay, so you know Marvel films, mm-hmm. how I feel that they saw Iron, they made Iron Man, and they were like, right, flippant comedy the entire time, every film. And I'm like, okay, cool, that's your style. It's going to be thing. that lighthearted, everyone's going to enjoy themselves, there's some adventure, but we're going to get a few laughs in it. Yep. That's, exactly. Then we'll, be, then we'll be serious sometimes, but we'll be. someone will die, but don't worry, Tony Stark will still make a gag. And I'm not saying I don't like it, I'm okay with it. But I feel sometimes they don't lean into the fantastic, which is silly when they have whole worlds explode, you know, and, and uh-huh. gods come to life, Ragnarok. like. And I feel Ragnarok was them leaning into it. But Aquaman is ridiculous. <laughs> like, but when I took myself out of it, like when I, like the first few scenes, I was like, okay, so in the real world, okay, there's a there's a boat, okay, Aquaman. Some of the scenes are just acted terribly, but then when you actually get to the final battle, you think, yeah, absolutely okay, this is you have gone, you've lent all the way in, and you do not care how we feel about it. Like you're like, look what we did, which is I was in. Like they convinced, it felt like AOS come to life. If I'm honest, oh, like, oh geez, you know, no kidding. If you play. Uh... If you play Deepkin, it's like they had the Alaplexes right there. Like, I'm looking at them. They had the squid doing stuff. Crap people. And the bit that got me is the kiss. No no spoilers intended, but there was the kiss. And there was like this moment where a seeking riding Cthulhu is battling nine armies of who knows what. It looked like a Babylon 5 starfighter fight. And I was like, this is crazy. And then they went in for a 20 to 30 second kiss between the two main characters. And I was like, yeah, you don't care. This is excellent. Like, you go. You Kudos. The director's like, someone would have said to the director, do you think we should cut now? He's like, no, hold it. Just keep going. Lasers <laughs> in the background, explosions. And I was like, <laughs> my girlfriend was like, is, that was rubbish. And I was like, objectively, yes. But my feelings are, I only want to fight in the water now for the rest of time. It was just brilliant. So, yeah, I liked it. They didn't hold back. They just went over the top. There were parts of it that I really had 
fun with. I love Black Manta, and they explained why his helmet had to look so ridiculous. Like they went yep. in, like he kept those costumes. There was stuff that was fun, but yeah, I mean, part of it is, I it, it it gets hard after a while to sit and watch a movie that has that much CGI, and it's that like it's just everything around you. And they had to go crazy because, like, they had to CGI everybody's hair. <laughs> Did you think about that? I mean, think about no, that. Think about that. Jason Momoa is in the water. His girlfriend is in the water. There, I mean, people's hair don't move like that, and you can't just use fans. Like That's their true. hair is moving in the water, and that there's nothing to make it do that. I just got off when I was like, "Wait a minute, can they talk to each other in the water?" And, and then, but then when they come out of the water, they can still talk. But then they got to cough up all the water and switch to air lungs. And I'm just like, it, it became like SpongeBob at some point. I'm like, is there fire underwater? I don't, the, the, don't question the rules. <laughs> there's magma. There's absolutely, yeah, I would, yeah, it's I would, madness, yeah. But, but that- it was so much, like, it was, if you just want to go and have some fun, I like Jason Momoa doing this stuff. It was probably the most fun of the DC movies so far. Yes. And the yes. CGI <laughs> did take a step up because I swear I love Batman and I will go see all of these DC movies. They keep getting my money even though they haven't earned it. And uh but I'm sitting there watching Steppenwolf and it looks like a guy from uh the third or the fourth Elder Scrolls you know on my not HD TV back at the time. And I'm like, you paid how much for this? Come on, like make the things look good. And that that was a huge complaint. And suddenly you got this. Everything was lit. Everything was technicolor under the water. Everything was phosphorescent. It made no sense how it blew. And they didn't even bother to explain like, you know, because that's a hard thing with Aquaman. How do you hide Atlantis? Like, how do we not know it's there? And like, not it's there. Trust me. It's there. And it works. And we're going to throw... We're sick of you humans polluting the water. We are going to literally throw all the garbage out of all the oceans onto all the shores in the world. That was the first step in the war, which I was like, I was like, and it was, and you're looking like, that's kind of crazy. And it works. You know, we can now clean it up. Look, the oceans are clean. Thank you. You fixed them. (laughs) Like they, we, yeah, like we have revealed ourselves. Yeah, that, I, I agree with you. But actually, you know, when you think like, okay, seventy percent of the Earth's water, they've just got a lot more area. Like, uh, like, but I agree with you. They just they were like, Do you know what? We don't care. We're just gonna we're gonna go. Which is kind of again relating it to the AOS uh, universe. You know, it's like I don't think this 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 boat will fly with that that golden orb on top like i get it's full of sky magic uh it's space magic science just, just yeah, go with and, it and okay with it and that's what i meant they lent into it um and definitely open for criticism on loads of different elements of that film oh, but yeah. what i can't what i don't what i don't think that they missed a trick on they were like we're gonna commit which is sometimes i think marvel don't commit enough because they feel a little bit tentative, a little bit like, oh, you know. Marvel has it's... found a good formula, and they stick to it. And it, and yeah. sometimes to their detriment, because I've had this conversation, and my daughter loves the Marvel movies, and she gets mad every time I bring this up. But I'm getting tired of watching everybody battle themselves at the end of the movie. Tony Stark fights bigger Iron Man. Tony Stark fights multiple Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> Ant-Man fights other Ant-Man. Black Panther fights Black Panther. Like, they always have to fight... Like it, you know, it's like it's like Scott Pilgrim, nega Scott. Like everybody has to fight the opposite of themselves, and it's like, dude, there's so many other things in this universe they could be fighting. They don't always have to fight themselves. Yes, uh, and, yes. but they do. They lock themselves in. I mean, man, you got Edgar Wright 
going to do Ant-Man. And they rein him in so bad. And you can see those moments. In, and you know who Edgar Wright is, right? I mean, I'm not barking up the wrong tree here. We're good. We're good. And, uh, I mean, you see those flashing moments, like in, the, in Ant-Man, when, when the guy's telling the story. And they're cutting, doing all the crazy cuts and all the dubbing over of people's voices. And then suddenly Stan Lee's there with his voice. Yeah, crazy, stupid, fine. I'm like, that's Edgar Wright. But the rest of the movie, they're like, no, nope, we got to... Look, we're making we're making half a billion on every one of these. We're not varying from the formula, and I can't blame them. Uh, but you know, because what are you going to do? DC's not doing a much better job. Their movies just don't make sense and don't look that great. Um, except Wonder Woman was pretty cool, and then this was just like this was bananas. My teenage self would have lost his mind. Like, just been like, we need to go drink and go see this movie. <laughs> I just walked out of it. I was like, I don't know what it what has done it, but I am full of enthusiasm. Like it's just, I was like, I want to be the uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it, no, it, that, that was that battle was bananas. It was but, bananas, and like you said, yeah, they had the weird. They, these people have reverted from human form to crab people. That's what happened. <laughs> How is that a reversion? Where are crab people in your DNA? I mean, I realize you're Atlanteans, but is that it? But, but they weren't Atlantis. Well, they were Atlanteans, but they started on the land. Like, yeah. there's no chronological sense. Zero. I, um, mean, I know when you see the evolution thing, you got the fish, and then the fish comes out of the water like a lizard. I suppose we could go that far back. But no, it doesn't make it. The movie is not great. But it was fun <laughs> as heck. Like, it was just. What I really enjoyed, what I really, really enjoyed, and I can't stop referencing it, is the small Tuscany break that they took. Like just oh, for where I have pop- I have the perfect bottle and the statue just happens to be like nobody's touched this statue since before the desert existed <laughs> because they found that in the desert. Well, this used to be an ocean. They lived here before it turned into a desert. Okay, and it's like you have to place it in this statue that was built in Tuscany. Wait, what? <laughs> How does that even work? Now I know I'm missing something because it was somebody's father who who held the 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 special scepter, and maybe they just hid it there. Maybe they just decided we'll go where no water people are going to go. But I'm sitting in that movie, like I can't lean over to my wife. I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, who cares, man? Like, we brought the kids, we have our popcorn, go for it. It's that, yeah. and that's what it is good for. But then that said, like to 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 cycle back. Um, Spider-Verse, if anything, is that same film done on a much smaller budget that delivers a fantastic emotional punch, is gripping, and I think, like, again, if I was, like, a teenager or a kid, like, that that would have been an exceptional oh, I, movie. I would have seen that. When I was growing up, my friends worked in the movie theaters, and uh, so, like, you could always just go, and my friend would be like, yeah, go in and sit and watch a movie, and then when I get off work, we can leave. Dude, I'd be sitting and see watching Spider Man like fifty times. Like that was so good. I like that even now you, you're like, oh, I won't mention my friend's name in case he gets in trouble at work. When I see, <laughs> I see he's left the, the, the theater. Many no, he years just ago. don't listen, and nobody knows him. It doesn't need to die. I don't need to deep dive into this stuff. But uh, <laughs> no, we used to just go and because Spider Verse. I mean, and we really got to at some point got to end this and go to the what we're supposed to talk about. But first of all, I did get a little annoyed. The whole thing looked like newsprint, which was cool. The little dots and, and slashes in the, in the shading and stuff. But the background was like the colors were off. Like it was out of focus, like sometimes happens in newsprint. 
Um, So the things he wasn't focusing on were out of focus, but they were doing a lot of reds and blues. And I literally walked out of my theater and looked at the sign to see if I had walked into the 3D movie and made a mistake. And and I'm like, did I walk into the wrong theater? Did I? Because it did. Parts of it looked like it was 3D if you took your glasses off. And I was like, what is going on? Once I realized I hadn't made a mistake, I was just being stupid. Um, Like, (laughs) voice casting, perfect. You know, old spider, old fat Spider Man in, in in the in the sweatpants with that dude from the the you know um, the new girl and from the yes. mom. Uh, like every voice cast was perfect. It was funny. It was clever. The Stanley cameo was good. Did you stay all the way to the end of the credits and see the end credit sequence? They didn't miss a trick. Yeah. Like they literally referenced everything you could reference in Spider Man, including Peter Porker. Like they they hit every. Like crazy odd Spider-Man reference you could hit in that movie. It was brilliant. It really was. And it was really self-aware as well. Oh yeah, like they knew what they were doing. It was just. It was. Uh, I could do a whole dude. I could do a whole uh, Garage Gamer episode just talking about that movie. Actually, I haven't done a movie in a while. That's one. That one might be worthy. It was, it was really the, it was good. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that it's, it's a good time at the cinema. <laughs> yes, excellent, excellent time. Um, you know what? We well, Aquaman <laughs> Spider Verse. Jumped us right up to break time here. So um, let's take a break. And when we come back, Rob has written the Honest Wargamers workbook. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about that because I read it and it actually wasn't what I expected. And it was so not what I expected that it wound up totally fitting in on the show. So we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. Welcome back to Garajama. I am so excited. This is great. <laughs> Seriously, it's not all that cool. Trust me. Ask anybody I who's been on a cool. bunch. They'll tell you. Oh, yeah, great. You got to sit and listen to White Tech yap for three hours. Yeah, my uh, dream. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so. All right, folks. So the reason that I asked Rob to come on is because um, I was watching his show and he starts talking about this workbook he's putting out. Now, um, 
Okay, I have some definite thoughts, but Rob, do you want to tell them what it's about before I tell them what I actually thought it was about? Like, why don't you tell them what it's really about before I jump into this? Okay, so it, 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 there's, a, there's a long story, but effectively, uh, I did my very first live coverage. So it, if people are unaware, I used to work for Games Workshop, and I used to do their live coverage of tournaments and games uh, as like a commentator. Uh, and I did, and having left and set up The Honest Wargamer, about a year later, I did my very first uh, coverage again, where I was sat in, sat in the commentating seat. Um, and what I took away from that experience was I was like, okay, I love this. It was really nice being back in this environment. I've really enjoyed it. But we still have some fundamental issues when it comes to me being able to do that job better. Now, that had got nothing to do with anyone else in the community, just me. I was like, I want to do this better, but I need more tools. And that led me down this really, really far route. It was just a thread I should never have pulled. <laughs> it was, it was, curiosity killed the cat and it will more than likely kill me um but so and some of those things were i don't have i don't know how i talk about a game which is ridiculous because i must have at this stage talked spent hundreds of hours commentating over games of warhammer but i was like how do i do it start to finish why do i do it start to finish why do people listen what's the purpose and then it was after that it was like well how do i explain these techniques without over explaining them like a bait or a bully unit. How do I explain those things? And I'm like, well, what do they mean? And then I had to, I had to go to back to the drawing board on what things meant, which is quite <laughs> that's quite far back to go, really, in, yeah. the, in the things. And then bringing that forward, I needed to know how I played games, and therefore how other people could play games. And then um, and then that led me to writing the workbook. And the workbook's job really is to say, right. I think this is the process for me and as to best as I can do you help people go through the process of not only how do I pick an army, how do I decide what army I want to play? How do I play it with, with the myriad of, of, of different kind of uh, permutations of variables that you have in something as complex as Warhammer? How do I play a game and how do I get better? Because there, as far as I was aware, there was no resource available for how to get better there was lots of people like me on the internet with opinions <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm at least one of them <laughs> but i don't think i'm the best gamer in the world and i know that's not i know that i'm not I, I i've played many people and i've seen many people play who were better than me and but what i've learned from every experience that i've seen in that there is something there and i need those people to to drag that information out of themselves and put that on paper but you listening now could easily be an incredible gamer which does not mean a competitive gamer by the way it just means someone who has got all of the skill sets to achieve something but you don't know how to go about going through that process so i wrote the workbook to help people at least give them kind of a backbone of like okay i can work through this and at the end of it hopefully i'll be somewhere better well and that's so, and that's great now see now that is not when you first talked about it you didn't dive that deep into it your explanation i think you were still sort of mulling it through as you were putting it together and getting it out there and i'm just sitting there going huh really because and it's like you know we've been playing these games for a long time and it's like you know, and while that's who is he? Who is he to think he knows something? Well, it's it's not who is he to think he knows something. It's like, and you know, while a standardized vocabulary is is a helpful thing, it just seemed like a weird thing to jump into. And it, but 
you know, when you do the Honest Wargamer, your show is kind of different from mine. I'm like, that looks cool. That's fun, you know. And you're you're then, more but, analytical, but, and so at times, you know, I'm going, man. I just I had to read it. Like I'm okay. I'm going to read this because I don't. I know Rob well enough to know that it can't be what it sounds like, which is Rob's going to define wargaming for all of us, which is really what it sounded like. And I'm like, okay. So I, now, set now. I just want to set the scene here. I I download the book. I print it up at work. I go on lunch and I sit down and says, "Welcome to the Honest Wargamer Workbook." And I get it through. It says, this is Rob's attempt to standardize the language. We all talk in Wargaming, make you a better gamer. Incredibly egotistical of me and a gross overestimation of my writing ability. But here, and I thought to myself, yep. <laughs> like, I was just like, but you know, <laughs> but he also, but he also admitted it right there. Like, you know what? I realized that someone taking on the mantle of saying, I'll write the book on Warhammer is going to look like they're, that, like, their head's too big to fit in the room. But as I'm reading, it's like, oh, no, you know, it's like, I see what this is. Like, you're just trying to say, look, this is up here. And if people disagree with me, tell me, because I'm happy to change this. There wasn't, this is not a, a be all and end all. This is, this is, it's your project, but you've really made it very clear that it's also for the community and you would love to have them. Like I was even talking with you before the show and about a couple of things. You're like, "Oh no, don't, don't you know? Don't skip that. Tell me that. You know, that's the stuff that I want to hear. Because if we're going to make this something that everyone can use, we need to hear from all sorts of players from all over the community." And I'm like, "This is this is not what I expected it to be." And as I was going through, I'm like, "Need people smarter than me. Like <laughs> this is key. Yeah. Like I'm there. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Like okay." I think I've identified a need. Yeah, like this is something that people... And I want to touch on uh, specifically the difference between our shows and maybe our audiences a tad because I really want to uh, put a pin in why more than anything I wanted to do something like this. Um, But, like, I'm not smart, like, by any stretch of the imagination. And and you (laughs) you said to me earlier on in the show, you were just like, look, Rob, this... This needs proofreading beyond what's been done, and I had a couple of my friends proofread it, and like uh, you know, who are war gamers? Oh, I, yeah, okay, the, the, yeah, folks. Before the show, I'm like the English teacher in me. I couldn't not say it. I'm like, dude, there's, I got, I'll, I'll go through this and pick out and help you with the typos and the grammar because, damn. <laughs> right. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, and, I, and my friend Tom like uh, made it all look super fancy, which was great. So it looks nice, which yeah, except uh, for the blue. I, I think, uh, yeah, apart from the blue, which makes you think it's a link, but don't worry, it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but like I say in there, and, and, and I mean it, and, and again, shout out to anyone who's listening, All I, it's a living book. Like It's meant to be worked on, improved, um, uh, and, and hopefully, and every opportunity I get, to, I, I think I, I mentioned someone in the book, uh, uh, Danger Mouse, or one of my friends. Uh, he, you know, he helped me out with uh, the von Gla- the von Clausewitz quote that I used inside the book. And hopefully, I'll get more opportunities from more people. Someone spent two hours the other day explaining to me about competitive sumo. I don't think that's going in there, but I know about that now. Like, <laughs> and, 
Like, <laughs> well, and that's, like, that's the next thing you put in here. You say it's not finished. It's version one. And you literally say, if you think it needs improving, let me know. I want to collaborate, make this more definitive. I want nothing more than to improve what I hope is a groundwork. It's a freely available steel parts review. I'm improve them. Like you just put this out there. You're not making, you know, it's not like this is, I mean, it's your baby, but it's not, you are not laying some sort of claim to, like I said, when it was first presented to me, it sounded like Rob's writing the book on how to play Warhammer. <laughs> I was just like, oh, seriously. <laughs> you know, like, I like you and all, Rob, but who, like, you know. And then I'm reading this, and as I'm going through this, I'm like, why wasn't this written, like, years ago? Like, back when we first started reaching out in the podcast community, I could, I mean, this is something that I could totally have seen some of these other guys doing, too. Like, th- this is, I mean... I there's a reason I had you on the show. If I read it and I didn't like it, I wouldn't have said nothing to you. You know what I'm saying? I would have like, cuz there's no need to get on the internet and tell people they suck. There's enough people doing that. Um sure. I read it and I liked it. I'm like, dude, you need to come on because and as we get into this, you really the, the steps you take don't just cover getting better at gaming, but it really covers the gambit of I think of of the style of players. There's a couple of parts in where I marked. I'm like these totally intermingle and intermesh, um, and you can see how it, it could. The, some of the stuff in the beginning, if you're an open war, I'm not playing points. I'm just bringing models to my friend's house, like when AOS first dropped. There's stuff in here that you can still have fun with. If you're a narrative person, if you're a story stinker like me, there's stuff in here. If you want to get good, there's stuff in here, and it's like it hits all the levels. I'm like, no, you know what? This is. This is definitely something I, I would like people to take a look at because um, you may have that bit of input that we that we and we like I've contributed a damn thing, but anyone who's been reading this and helping out ha, ha, maybe hasn't seen, and, and so I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm saying right here in the beginning. There, the reason I'm having you on is because I like it. So. Thank you. I, it's, I tell you what, the nerves. Cause I, I, I've never written a thing. Like, you know, and I sometimes now occasionally drop to my friends. I'm like, oh, I've written a book, by the way. And they're like, no, you haven't. You've written a 14-page PDF. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you are a self-published <laughs> author. That's what you tell them. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, if I'm honest, I wrote it uh, for me. Uh, because I needed it to help me with the other stuff that I was doing for for the Honest Wargamer. For like I say, it, it came from a need from me from doing the commentary, and I needed a language so that I could better under- describe tactics as I, they were being presented, or as I saw a new tactic. Like there's a new tactic uh, I currently have got called swamping, like which is when you just you just basically pin your opponent in into the uh, into their deployment zone on turn one, and then you never let them leave. Awful. Not fun, not interactive, but a, a, a tactic. So, <laughs> I, like, I, I kind of need sometimes to see things, and I need to write them down so I can I can work through it. But, but uh, to touch on the sort of people who between the differences maybe between our audiences um, and the people that play open play or play narrative play, what I really wanted to do was is because uh, often uh, loggerheads have been competitive players um, and also like narrative players or open play players or people who don't see it as a game a la the sp- a sport they see it as an event a la hanging out with their friends and rolling some dice and and they've never I, I don't think those two communities have ever really understood how to talk to each other and I think maybe because those two communities are different people 
like they, they have different drives and motivators and that may that's great that's fine like i love the diversity in the human race but it does mean that there needs to be some sort of like way that they can communicate and i was hoping that this might be a way for people to at least go okay i understand the paradigm now for both groups and they can they can come together on a like a, a more even footing at least I think because yeah. a, a, a super super hyper competitive player doesn't really need to read much from this other than actually read the pack before you go to an event. <laughs> Most of the other stuff that they're doing, I think, to a degree or maybe I don't know, but I really wanted to help um, everyone come together on the same page or give a resource for people to move forward, which was a big motivator for me. But I hadn't expected it to do very well. Because it wasn't meant to do like people. It was meant to be like, there you go. You can look at it if you want. And then people are like, I've looked at it. It's good. And I was like, shut up, shut up, stop it. I do have questions on parts of it, and I'm still correcting your grammar. But other than that, it's good. That's that's fine. That's fine. But honestly, it's been lovely the reception. But not and like like you said, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm anything particularly special. I I just think no one's bothered to put it together before. Yeah, like I said, that was my my first. The, the one reaction I had is as I as I'm about halfway, two thirds the way through this, I'm like, this is all really common sense, and I can't believe somebody hasn't. With all the crazy things we do in this hobby, uh, people writing out their own. I mean, remember when there was the um, oh, what Araby, uh, you know, uh, army books floating around and stuff like people write anything for this and we all have all of these different things going on it's just like i can't believe that someone who was more competitive didn't sit down more competitive i said than me you know didn't sit down and be like you know we talk especially and 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 i keep going back to the old podcasters because they were the ones who you know when when there was only like six podcasts out there you know uh, most people who listened all listen to the same four or five podcasts or whatever and uh you know these guys were talking to people twice a month and why wouldn't they have put something out where this is what I mean when I'm saying this, you know what I'm saying? Like some sort of a standardized vocabulary. And so, yeah, I mean, I suppose it does take an ego to say, I'll be the one to do it. But I, 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 re, I also know that you're not saying you're the only one who could have done it. It's just, I why? No, it, it just does take someone to say, I'm just going to do this now. Yeah. Cause, Cause someone has to, so let's jump into it. Okay. All right. So um, I'll kind of narrate. You can you can like fill me in on all on all the good stuff. I'll color commentary here. But starts out. There's four parts to this. There's, it is four. Am I correct? Yeah. Four. No. There's part five. There's a part five. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, but part one is your pre-army, and it literally says, you know, what is your what's your goal? Uh, the workbook is focused on making you a better gamer, increasing your skill level through making you practice and prep but not in a really necessarily cold and mechanical math hammer way, just ultimately getting better as a gamer. Um, uh, and I like this part right here, and this is the part that I, right in the beginning. I was like, okay, I, 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 I'm in at least for the read. <laughs> Let us answer this for you. Your aim, fellow war gamer, is to beat your personal best, do better, and challenge everyone around you. Your aim, courageous combatant, is to win games and one day lift a trophy to the heavens. This doesn't say anything about beating other people. I liked that you came in with this attitude of your ob- your object is to play better than you played at the last tournament. 
if you keep getting better every time, you're going to give people better games. You're going to do better. You eventually, if you keep doing better, eventually there's nowhere else to go, and you're going to hit the top. And it's nothing about beating people. It's nothing. It, it's it's very. It was very positive in its. In, in its mission statement, sort of, as, as, I, as I read that part. And that's what locked me in and said, okay, I'm, like I said, I'll, I'm, I'm going to keep going from here. Oh, well, I'm, 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 I'm glad. It's because I'd watched loads of Marvel movies, and I knew the only boss at the end <laughs> was a bigger version of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a throwback reference. That's um, great. Uh, <laughs> Tying it back to the beginning of the show. Oh, yes, there we go. No, um, yeah, uh, let... Rob. There, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, so one of the things that's quintessential when we get onto it later is, is people want to take armies they want to take. Like you're never going to move away from that, and I want to take armies I want to take. That's the key. You assume straight off the bat. The, the game of Warhammer, either system, and it's written so you can use it for 40k or AOS, um, that the either system is robust enough that I'm able to do that. Now, whether or not I think that's a valid statement is for another time, but that, that's the assumption going into it. And the concept is, is that people who want to take the things that they want to take should still be able to achieve. Or when you have like a, a, a really healthy set of like uh, – uh, an environment of, of truth. For instance, the, the stats that have been generated that we use for um, AOS for the Honest Wargamer, and Iron Jaws only have a 40% win rate. Now, when you say stuff like that, you think, oh, that's quite low. Well, actually, that's two out of five games at a tournament. Some people are really chuffed with two out of five games at a tournament for, for a victory. I've They're gone like, and not gotten two out of five games at a tournament and gone home and felt pretty darn crummy. There are times when two out of five, I'll take that. Yeah, and and that, and that's really where I'm at. And I'm like, well, actually, if you win three games with Iron Jaws at a tournament, you're flying above the average, flying above. Yeah. And you're a good Iron Jaws player. Oh, you are. But the thing you do have to disavow yourself of is that every army is a winning army. Yeah, but there are there, there are limitations, and, and that's healthy to know, and it's healthy because managing expectations is is just life. It's just a good set. So that's why I wanted to hit on straight away. I was <laughs> to like, go back to Blood Bowl. If you're just going to take a Hobbit army, you're or a Hobbit team. You're not planning on. You're not planning which is on. The one I plan on well, that's yeah. the one I plan on. That sounds the most fun for me. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 that's why I wanted to. I, but yeah, people need to battle themselves, not other people. But and I think just, the other element in here is you're going to take what you want to take, like you said. Um, not every army plays the way you like to play. And you don't necessarily know that when you're. Uh, I remember when I first started playing, because I was looking at all the stuff. Christopher came over, like, I was playing Lord of the Rings. That was my first Games Workshop game that I had purchased. I bought the Minds of Moria set. And Christopher talked me into playing Warhammer. And he brought over all his old army books. And I'm flipping through. I'm like, which one's good? He's like, dude, they're all fun. He's like, it's just kind of what, what do you think you might want to play? And I narrowed it down to about three or four armies that looked and sounded like something I would like. And then it literally came down to, and this was the advice he gave me. Good, We didn't have one of these books. was, you're going to be painting about 100 models or so. Pick something that you, you think you're going to enjoy painting. And that was how I picked my first two armies. And I had no idea if they were good or not or if that was the type of style of play that I wanted to play. Um, 
that I lucked out that it's absolutely the style of play that I like to play. Um, but I could see picking an army because it looks cool or you see the new shiny and it looks great. And if it's if that's not the way you play, that could really that could put a damper on your enthusiasm. And I think there's a lot of things you point out here. Like you just said, yeah, maybe that's only a 40% rate army. But so just keep honing your skills at it. You know, if that's what you want to play and you're willing to play it and just know that that's what your best is going to be, then this this can still help you get better. Yeah. Well, there are other, there are other motivators, right? So sometimes it's not just how it looks. Like you've listened to Gotrek and Felix, and you're like, "This is what I'm getting," and you're like, "Cool." Like the narrative could like I, I traditionally have always really liked good guys in games, like you know your big paladins or kind of your heroes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so like I, the death factions never particularly interested me, uh, but I do I do do think I quite like the Nighthorn range and and its concept. Um, but like some you know you know who you are you pick up a you pick up WoW World of Warcraft or you pick up uh, I don't know Guild Wars or like whatever you, like you pick up you play JRPGs you read books mm-hmm. you're, you're invested um, you've got a favorite superhero you, you've got a type which is a narrative type then how models look usually is reflective of that narrative often because Games Workshop do phenomenal models mm-hmm. um, and that that's always going to be true and more true as time goes on it just keeps getting better. Um, so, but the mechanics, and that's why on our show we talk so much about gaming, competitive gaming, and the mechanics of how armies work, because there, there is a, an intuitive beauty, I think, where games work deep down, um, which it takes you a time to know who you are in that concept. Like, I'm a castle gamer, right? It's who I am. Nathan laughs at me all the time. I put my army down, he looks at my deployment, and he goes, looks a lot like a castle, Rob, and I am... <laughs> <laughs> I am doing all I can to get away from that as me as a gamer. I also worry. I also worry that I might not have covered everything it's possible to be in here because either a I'm not it, or b I've not experienced it or able to conceptualize it. So if anyone's got any more to add to it, then then it could be available. But the, the gamut runs wide, and like you said, you got lucky. What is it that you like to play? How do you like to play? Uh, honestly. Um... I was sitting there talking with him, and I went with dwarves because I loved castling up and just marching out to war, too. You and me just staring at each other across the table. You move. No, you move. No, you move. (laughs) I remember describing it when I – and and now, you'll laugh at this, okay? You're coming in. Seventh edition has just dropped, right? And Mm. um, I've got the army book for the dwarves. And I'm looking at that, and I'm reading the lore, and I don't yet know that when they tell you all the things that they do in the book, that that doesn't quite translate always on the tabletop. <laughs> and my my, and I'm painting and my uh, one of my friends from work is like, okay, so why'd you pick this army? Like, why is this? I'm like, oh, come on, you're coming at me, and I'm shooting at you, and from a long distance, I got the cannons. So if you decide to stay back, you got to run forward. But as you're running forward, the guns go off, and they get even closer, the bows go off, and then when you finally, what's left of you gets there, you break upon this sea of armor like water on the rocks i'm like that's that that's my army and he's like really he's like yeah that's what the game's like i'm like no not at all it never works that way <laughs> i miss with everything it's the worst <laughs> i can't hit a damn broadside of a barn but, <laughs> but you know uh and but that's you know that's i was lucky in that when he looked at that and um like I said, ever since I was a kid, I've I've liked Dracula. Like I like the old horror movies. I've always been a vampire fan. So the vampire counts were my second choice. And Chris, at that time, he's like, they're pretty powerful. They're really actually really good. 
Um, you're you're going to paint a lot of models and a lot of things are going to die, but they keep bringing more stuff back. And basically when I, I picked it was because I said to myself, well, these dwarves have all these cool bright color schemes and stuff like that. And those guys, I'm going to be painting red, white, and flesh forever. I'm like, oh, yep. I'll take the colorful guys, and I'm and I'm glad I did. But yeah, no, I'm a I, oh I yeah I that's why I, my stormcaster just roided up dwarves. <laughs> they got great armor, and they don't move very fast, and they don't have to because they've got a one up rerollable save. And then if I reroll that and I fix it, my thunder shield gives you a mortal wound. Get out of here! Like I was like, this is the greatest. Good, good, uh, perfect. Exactly. Uh, see, I love it when people buy into the, the mechanical art because there's a there's a. We don't talk about this very much. Uh, so the rules writers can get a bunch of abuse thrown at them when things oh, yeah. don't people's way or people don't like what stuff is. Some of it's valid, some of it's not. Right? Like, and I'm not the judge or arbiter of whether or not it is or isn't, uh, including the things I've said. Um, but. Like, there is a beauty to it. Good game design is hard. It, you see a great model, it's just as hard to create a great-looking model as it is to create a great game that plays well. But it's easy to see the great-looking model. It's hard to see the great game, I think. Oh, I agree. There's a reason I'm a game player and not a game designer. Yes. I mean, I just tried to design stuff uh, for back when we were playing Mighty Empires, and I tried to do a, I tried to like put together a, some leveling up rules so your units could level up, add another level of experience, a little bit of experience levels to to what you know what Mighty Empires was, and that got out of hand quick. I had to go back and rewrite it. There's way too many rules. There's too much stuff. It's getting complicated. How do I make it simple and work, dude? That's not an easy task, which is why I don't get too mad when things aren't all that perfect because, man, I'm like I said, it, I, I, I know there's people who lose their minds over this stuff. I, I, I don't have time for that in my life. This is my hobby. If my hobby causes me to pull my hair out, I'm leaving this hobby and going but to again, a new hobby. But again, what, what I think is, uh, is I hope people find with this book uh, and what I really hope so I, I went to uh, the Realms at War event uh, last year, which is a – well, not last year, year before last year, which is a narrative-based event uh, here in the UK. It's really big. No, Raw's really great. Popular. Yeah, it's really cool. So I went to Raw. I had a great time. I played with some people who I would say that weren't competitive gamers. They were, they were narrative gamers. But my command of the game competitively, understanding what my units did, how they synergized, meant that I could manipulate the game so we told a better story. I could attack with half a unit or I could run away or I could not charge because I knew that that would be too good of a fight in my favor. Um, you know, or I could needlessly throw a unit in uh, intentionally for it to die. But like it be like understanding the outcome or, or at least trying to work towards the outcome because of the skill of the gamer made a better game. I, well, I made a better story, I felt, which was why we were there. So I felt like I brought like a whole bunch of tool kits to the, to the to, because because well, I, like, I I can use the unit to kill the unit or I can use the unit to do like not to die or whatever it is because I I understand what's happening. I think there's probably also in ignorance as well. It's like <laughs> they died. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> well, everyone who knows, <laughs> but right. that's fine. 
No, but yeah. this this kind of brings you back to something a friend uh, of mine said to me. Um, I was at a tournament and we were playing, and it was one of those things where he started playing and he was really beating up his opponent, like it just it was getting to be a bit one sided, and so he's like, you know, you can always avoid that because that's one of the things that I always had trouble with. Is, you know, I'm playing to win, you're playing to win, but I don't want to stomp your teeth in and give you a bad game. And he's like, there is nothing wrong if you know you're doing well to take your foot off the gas, but you got to know when to do it so you don't throw the game away. He's like, I can pull back and not have to throw. I could throw some of my little chaffy units or some of my smaller things out. Let the guy get, you know, take out this, take out that, do different things where because I know I can still win the game and I'm still getting my what I want to do out of it, but I can make it more fun for everybody than I'm just rolling over. Like you said earlier, the swamp. Yes, I can swamp you and then you have no fun and I win. You know, and that's that's a valid win. Hey, I'm at a tournament. I need to win. But I could also do something where I like with with knowing that I've got it in hand, I can I can make sure that it's also fun for you. I never thought about really it that way so much. I mean, when he said it, I was like, oh, that's nice, but I can see what you're saying. You went to a narrative event and you're, what you knew was able to make a better game. That's interesting. Yeah, attainment means like if you, you've developed skills, which is the point of the book, I hope. You develop skills, you don't have to use all of the skills, or you can use the skills. They're like everything. You could use them for good or for evil. You could either be Aquaman or Aquaman's brother. Uh... <laughs> With all that CGI hair just floating oh beautifully God. in the water. Yeah, but just glorious. So glorious. <laughs> all right. So let's get into this a little bit more. Um, I want to jump into – now, you ask what type of gamer you are, and you go through a whole list here. We don't have to get into detail on every one of them. Folks, it's a free PDF. Go read it. In fact, honestly, if you haven't read it by now, we've been yapping about it. Pause the show. Go download it. Look it over. You could look at it while we're talking to you about it. So, um, but we got a bunch of them here. Um, and the controller reminds me. Uh, it made me think of that Stormcast army, where it's like yeah, I just, the wing. Yeah, yeah. Where you can come in. It's like you know, you're setting it up. Uh, and but and some of these, even these player types seem to overlap because I had some sort of different ideas. Um. Movers, movement is the key stat in any war game. That totally reminded me of seventh and eighth edition, where you were totally measuring angles and getting into flanks and doing all these different things. And it's still a, it's still a, it's still a, movement is obviously important even now. But I just remember being so focused on movement when I would play against Chris Yu in in eighth edition of of Warhammer. How that was the whole game was us trying to get that position on one another. Yeah, I played a game in in eighth edition against my friend Rob Crouchley, um, and we we didn't engage in a single combat affair three turns each, nothing, just all positioning, all gambling, all all like you know staring at each other. It was it was the the old uh, showdown at the OK Crowd. We were we were eyeballing each other. It was that, it was brilliant. Um, that can be a lot of fun though. Getting those, getting that move, and trying to get into that certain spot or get them pinned in a certain position so you can move in. I had a lot of fun playing with that. It's it to me. That's the that's the game um, for for me. It's why why forty k's. I find it draws energy away from me when I play 40k because you don't have to move. I, if I shoot 48 inches, I don't. I need move almost nowhere. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love movement. I think movement's excellent, and, and it's really cool. But then the opposite of that, obviously, is controllers. People that want to like shut you down and, and meaning that you can't move around. They're trying to control you. Uh, but they usually use movement to do that. But not always. It depends. Yep. And uh, some of the other ones here, you got your combo wombo bambinos combo, or as I call them, the the synergy shamans, because that's a lot of that rolls into that where you got to you know. Having your army all together, having them inside their little control bubbles. Yeah, I mean, them- the great version of that is when there's a bunch of overlapping synergies where, you know, you look at your opponent's army and he has a diffuse set of options and you're like, ah, you could do so many things that, that it, it, you've obfuscated what your intent is. Whereas the, 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 the negative end of that kind of spectrum is a person puts down. Uh, two lots of 20 sequiturs in Gavriel Shawheart and drops and just charges it all at you in the first turn. Yeah. And you're like, well, that is a combo. It is a synergy, I guess, but it's so, <laughs> it's so hammer on the nail that I, uh, I don't actually. Well, you're adding in that alpha strike and that's where you get the quickies in there. And that's a lot of these, like I said, a lot of these things seem to blend and mix, but I, I, uh, I still like the, you know how you're at least trying to define them as their own things, and then they kind of go together. Your math hammeristas or your min maxers, which often go in with those wombo combo guys, you know, and the alpha strike guys. Uh, I, for years, I was the gambler. I just don't. I'm going to push it up there, man. Watch this. If this twelve right here, this twelve I'm about to roll right here. If I get this twelve, you're in a world of hurt. And you know when the twelve comes up, everybody screams and throws things, and it's that. It's awesome. It and that's and if you don't really care, if you, like look, I'm not here necessarily to win. I'm here to have a good time and have some good stories when the game's over. Um, the gambler can can be really fun with that uh, that high risk. I do like here high risk and can range from fairly simple to deeply complicated depending on how far you go. Knowing you can is important. Knowing you want to is great fun. Uh, you can spend a tournament full of confidence because you're just rolling against the dice gods. Um, and it's impossible to predict what you're going to do. That's a lot of fun to play at times. Very fun, and and also like as a like better system mastery really does help you understand that you're against the odds to a degree, which I think is cool. Um, and 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 like you said, like uh, it creates those uproar moments, those those drama led kind of like like history my friend chris just describes them at the minute he because he, he's really seeking an army and he still hasn't found his feet and he's like i want epic moments i want sagas i want stories i can tell afterwards win or lose uh that's quite hard sometimes to achieve really uh but the, the, it's possible age of sigma is a beautiful game oh, yeah. and you are a you are able to do that which is just fantastic so like knowing that you won't do something one you'll only do something one out of ten times you go to two tournaments to only do something one out of ten times <laughs> but be, but beating the like the the favorite at the tournament round one because you did the silly thing yeah is amazing oh that's happened too i would go in i, I used to say this all the time when i would play vampire counts i had an army and i had three big blocks of zombies and if you came around the table turn two or turn three, and those three blocks of zombies were that started as 30 were now 50 or 60, I was at worst going to draw the game. But it all depended on that stupid magic phase. And I've had games where I roll, you know, twos for how many magic dice I got. 
and if you don't see them, I'm dead. But man, on that first game, when you roll twelves consistently for your magic phase, and suddenly there's three units of a hundred zombies just holding down all your good stuff, and the rest of my army's running around and decimating things. And it's like wow. And then I'm like, I'm up on. I remember. I was on like table two or three once on game two. And I'm playing Curry. I was at Adepticon. I was on like table two with Ben Curry. And and he came in with his dark elves and he beat the crap out of me. You know, I had no business being on table two. But that first game, the epic, I rolled 12s for every magic phase. And I just was just, I mean... It was Night of the Living Dead on my table. It was amazing. <laughs> Not Shaun of the Dead. It's oh, like very different. No, no, it's more of a Walking Dead type. It's just everywhere, and it was so much fun. And then, but then you wind up up there, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go back down to the middle tables now. Um, but no, oh, it's more fun anyway. Oh, yeah, those are the epic games, and that's what they come. So I always joke, you got to bet heavy to win heavy. You know, people always laugh. Or you know what are the odds of roll? What are the odds of you rolling a ten or better? Fifty fifty. I'm going to make it, or I'm yeah, not. exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, and I'm still, I'm still that guy. And actually, like, it really you, you, you tend to find like most competitive players or like most top end competitive players, they too, do they, they, they're more about standardization. They're more about control. They're more about like they want two ups, re-rolling ones. That's well, what they want. And why wouldn't you? And if you understand that and you can do that consistently, you're going to win. And that's what you're there. Uh, my problem is even if I had that perfect army, I screw things up because I don't pay enough attention. Like I'm not watching closely enough. I do crazy things because like you got to bet heavy to win heavy. And I'm more interested in getting that epic move off than doing the smart thing. I haven't. Well, there's, there's, I think there's something to the smart thing. Like, um, like so there's I think there's probably a train of thought which I haven't finished yet but I think that there's a I think there's a skill cap on the safety bets as I kind of mentioned to you off air like there's a there's a there's a potential ceiling of I should do X right and well and also if if you get to I mean you've seen this you're at the top tables right you got your guys playing and they're both at that level Right, they're both. They both know their numbers. They both know what's right. They both know the moves they should do. Doesn't if you're both at that skill level and you have similar armies because you see that too. You got uh, you know Nagash and Archon and the mirrors at the top uh, at three of the top you know spots on the table. So you're playing similar armies, similar skill levels. Doesn't that reduce it to just the luck of the dice then at that point? No, because that's 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 the that's the that's when you go above. You go above the armies and you get to the players. Well, and that's, that's and that's what I'm that, saying though. If you got two guys with some, yeah, and like I said, they're, they're, all the numbers are there, and this is what I should do. If that, if everybody's doing that, you're down. To, yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, then they are. Yeah, they're play, But if you're a gamble gamer, yeah, even if you just push yourself a little bit, then you're up there, and that person should do all of X, but you just decide to do all of Y. Now that spooks people because the problem with like that conservative style play is it requires everyone else to not be a lunatic. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. It's like you're going to do what? And it's uh, okay. And you know, most of the time you just fail, and the guy who knows his stuff is just like shaking his head, like, uh, uh, okay. Uh, 
but man, when it works, it drives them bonkers. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> no, okay. no, you don't. <laughs> I don't it's, either. It's, Let's have fun. Yeah, Nathan currently has got um, uh, uh, a gloom spike list. So hard not to call the Moon Clan a gloom spike list that's like seven endless spells. Oh, we played the other day. I had no idea what was happening. And what's key is, neither did he. But it was his magic phase. So, like, there's no way... Like, it was true... It was like watching a true wizard in action. It was just maniacal. And if anything, like, I, I think... We've talked about it, and it's. I think it's something he's going to practice for the next year or so. But I think, given time, given patience, given effort, something like that is so uncontrollable and wild that it just as a castle gamer could could you imagine that can like the, seven things doing their own stuff can and the story thinker in me step in here i can't think of an army that's more appropriate for <laughs> it's, i it's, mean I, you've got it, them you you've got fanatics spinning the the giant ball you've got guys ripping mushrooms off their toes and throwing them at people you've got big red Pac-Man with feet running around just gobbling everything they can, sometimes eating their own riders. Um, you've got literally the madcap, all, I mean, all this stuff. Yes, I think you should have endless spells just blowing up all around you because when these guys aren't fighting in between rounds, they're lighting off firecrackers and just throwing them and giggling. Like this is That's what that army is. I can't think of a more appropriate one. Same, absolutely the same, and it it went to a conversation about the narrative, which made us reattack uh, the War Scrolls, kind of like from a mechanical sense to go back to the spells, and it's I can't begin to describe it to you. It's insane, and what's key is is he has no idea who's in control of the insanity either. But then I think as he practices it, he will be the most sane person in that insane asylum. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> Oh, come it, on. You could be our leader. <laughs> it, uh, oh, it's wonderful. It's honestly. Um, so, yeah, like that, I think that, that I think who you are and how you like to play, especially like you said, it's your hobby. My friend Joe's got a really great quote. He says, it's your hobby. Like, and, and, and again, like it's such a simple phrase, but I, I, he's like, it's your hobby. It's your hobby. It's not the hobby, it's your hobby. Your hobby is different to my hobby, to anyone else's hobby. What do you want to achieve? Like, if you just want to have some fun, learn how to make the fun happen. See, and that's an interesting take. And I didn't even really get that when I read this as much until you said it. And now I'm really thinking about it. Actually, the, the better you are at the game, if you got at least a decent set of social skills, you could make it a lot more fun actually knowing what you're doing than just coming in there saying, oh, I'm just here to roll dice and have some fun. Interesting. It works. Yeah. It works. Cause, cause, cause you can find what you like, whatever, like if it's, if it's like someone out there and, and, and you're listening and you know, and you're going to maybe you're painting and you raise your paintbrush to the skies. I say, it, you go, I want an army that just never, ever dies no matter what my opponent does yeah and there may be some way to decide that and it's like what does your opponent do and you go to tournaments you go i go three and five at every tournament and no one can kill me just just gleefully paints another plague bearer exactly yeah, yeah. no i have 300 <laughs> models on the table and i may not win but you're not tabling me because i'm just <laughs> there 
I'm all over you. And when you kill this, there's another group right behind them waiting to come in. And they're only going to take down like five of your guys. But you are not tabling me. That's how like, oh, I loved that. That was my favorite way of playing Vampire Counts was just a thousand <laughs> zombies on the table. Just See, that's someone's them. fun. That's, oh. like, that's your fun. That's someone else's fun. Someone yeah. out there is like, that sounds like hell i'd never want to do that and 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 that's the joy of what this is is it's a bunch of people throwing their fun at each other uh-huh uh, yeah so it's really cool so let's we got there's one more quick i want to hit from gamer type just because i want to mention it because you did mention it, the hero hammerers yeah which i hear and then when i first read i'm a hero hammer i'm like i remember that phrase and it's like oh wait no that's not what we're talking about these are uh, this really seems to me to fit in with some of the more narrative gamers. These are where you're writing backgrounds for all your characters. This is where you love that lore, like Lady Olinder. That's just so cool. I'm going to put her on the table. Uh, I'm going to create these little characters around her. You know, uh, Christopher and I used to do that. He was playing his. Uh, we were playing orcs and goblins, and he was playing against Harrison's. Uh, elves and Harrison's running this dragon up and these goblins just kept attacking the dragon because remember when you used to have to roll to see what they would do like you'd have to roll for all the units in the beginning of the turn for the orcs and on a one you ran away and on a six you charged the closest thing and on a two through five so he kept rolling sixes with this goblin unit and the nearest, nearest thing was this dragon and they just kept attacking the dragon (laughs) <laughs> and then he'd beat them and they would flee, but then he would pass his his check and they would stop and then he'd roll a six and they'd have to attack the dragon again. And they they became a story unit. He actually painted that unit because he's like, and he didn't enjoy it. He's like, I'm painting this one next. Why? He's like, they deserve to be painted. These are the insane goblins. They're the ones who attack dragons. And then it got to the point when we'd play later, they would attack stuff way bigger than them. And they might die, but why? Because that's what happened in the one game. And it became this story. And you could, there's a lot of people who play that way. There's a lot of people who build their armies and keep track of their wins and losses. And this guy right here, this guy, you know, let me tell you how many times he's, and you're talking about it. Like he's like, he's a real, like you're, like you're reading out of the Conan's adventures and Hyperborea. It's like, what is going on? Um, but it's real to you. And that's, that's, that's a, and I like that that's in here because it's those things that made me realize, like I said, I'm on page three or four out of 15 and I'm like, okay, I think he gets it. Like I think I see what he's trying to do here, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Like this is pretty cool. Let's see what he's doing next. Um, which gets into a question I had here. Yeah. And we start talking about your. You talk about there's the there's there's the three not hyperlinks that I kept clicking on. <laughs> What's your budget and money and time? Is the tournament soon? And are there painting requirements? You talk about practicing, and I don't practice enough. I admit that. But then it was like. Um, you know, this is before, you're talking still. This is still in the pre-army section, and you're like, dude, it's totally okay to proxy or to play with, you know, just the, uh, you know, playing with just bases with tags on them because you're you're trying to figure out what you want to do for an army and if you want to play that army. And I've never done that, so I thought that was interesting. And I don't know if you know people who do that, but I thought that was like, I'm like, I never really even thought to do that because. You just want to buy, 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 and throw it on the table. Exactly. So, like, if I can walk you through an experience that I, ha- that I had in the early days. So, like, I played Warhammer Fantasy Battle, obviously, and, and, and I went through, like, a prodigious stage of just buying armies. I was like, Empire, cool. Chaos Dwarfs, cool. You know, what's next? Warriors of Chaos, cool. And I would buy whole armies, just 
like just I just walk into Games Workshop and like, yep, that's a thousand pounds. I just want that army now, and I would build it. I would uh, I would stick it on the base, and then I'd play, and I'd you know I'd be like, cool, they're chaos nuts. They're not painted because that would take so long to do. But I bought them and built them and stuck them on a base. We're ready to go. We can play a game. I can now play with my chaos knights because mm-hmm. it feel it feels like you've got to have the piece to play. Like, um, and, 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 and I'm willing to say that I, I brought that to the table. You know, it didn't come from anywhere else or it wasn't in, in, uh, it put upon me. Let's just say that, that that was my fault if there's blame to be attributed at all. <laughs> um, but uh, I now know that that just isn't true. Like, I've had friends proxy absolutely everything. Like, to, I mean, what did I play? I played a game of 40k the other day. I was playing some Space Marines that looked suspiciously like Bestigore. Um And, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and, and, and it's because when you meet up with your friends, and especially if you're one of the hero hammerers, you do want all of your units to, you know, like, you, those guys, those goblin dragons, by the way, are amazing. The dragon hunters. Like, I can't wait to tell Nathan about them. People are like, oh, yeah, they sound like the most lacquer of all of the goblins. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't kill the thing. They put a wound or two on it. You know, it heals up their elves. But those goblins would not leave that. They just kept it. T- it was it was glorious. Yeah. It, uh, like, and, and by the way, I just want to quickly touch on, I'm a narrative gamer. Like, I like the story. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite thing about AOS is that they put the portal of, uh, sorry, the, the vantage point of power. So, like, uh, you know, a good army, you had to go through the the bridge or cross the bridge of its story. It, a Sylvaneth army is stronger as a Sylvaneth army, but you've got to cross the bridge. So it's a, it's, it's a Sylvaneth army versus uh, an Adnath Deepkin army. They're, they're narrative games by default because of how good the game is at making that happen. That Amazing. is true. And that was clever because, I, I mean... When it dropped, man, oh, I'll just take I can take a mix. I'll just take. Remember all the complaints. I'm just going to take the best unit from all the different armies. It's like no, it doesn't nope. really work that way. And eventually, and I mean, it kind of worked that way a little bit, but you still had to take your battle line or whatnots. Um, but it became much more fun when you started getting very faction specific battle tomes that showed, hey, listen, if you play to the narrative, we'll give you bonuses. Oh, really? All right, I'm in. Yeah, I mean it. it, it that's that's on them like like it's not i mean it i think it was just such an elegant solution for a problem they were having at that point no it was, no it, it works and like i said it it fixed the problem because you get a lot of i mean do you remember those first tournaments where people were like saying you can't have more than three different factions in your grand alliance because they were they were worried about people doing yeah, wonky well, things i mean well we were always using we always used from really early we used mo points oh yeah um, yeah yeah but, so, like, we always use comp, so it's, which is pretty much what Age of Sigmar is built off now, truth be right. told. So, big shit. Again, as always, thank you to Mo, the founder of our game. Wow. Um, yeah. That's a, like, uh, and talk about a guy me. who decided, hey, look, I'm going to sit down and write this out. Yes. And, you know, like, so, that's what I said earlier. There's We we all do this hobby different ways. We're all jumping into the thing we like, and it and it can it only helps. I mean, if it if it's terrible, people would ignore it. If it's great, you know. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so, um, where were we at? We we so we were at uh, the Hero Hammers. We were talking about the basis. So this is on me. This is this is just a personal journey I've been through. Um, where now I know 
that sometimes there is a disparity between uh, what the what I think models and armies should do and what rules and armies do actually do. And I've already got a big enough collection. I don't need to add anything to my army that I don't need to a degree. Uh-huh. Um, like uh, like I talked to you before about the black coach. It's not particularly good, in my opinion, uh, competitively. Um, but I'd like to know if I could build a list that has it in that I could win three out of five, maybe four out of five games at a tournament. And if I could do that, if I could do that, it would be cool. But it's an £80 investment, not including the time to build and paint. And like, and, and painting is a joy to some. And, and to me, it's a joy when I, when I do it really well. But I do feel the pressure of painting, especially an entire army. It's, it's a huge commitment. Yep. Um, so I think, I think it's healthy before you get to the army to play a few games with it, with bases or with your friend's army or, or someone else's to, to decide and be like, yeah, actually, this does work the way I like. This is the fun I want. I, and um, honest, and I didn't even think. I'm like, I've never really done this, and I and I'm like, oh, man, I would never ask. And I'm, well, why wouldn't I though? Like, if I'm like, hey, look, we're gonna play in my in the, down here in the crypt tonight. Um, do you mind if I proxy out some stuff because I want to try out a new army? I mean, it's not like you're going to the local club and some guy is always coming in with his same models, but this week he's playing the new hotness and just saying there's something else. Yes. It's, it, it, you're not you're not saying just play with blank stuff, play for advantage. You're saying make sure you want to play this army and use whatever you need to use to get there. That's and that I, that I, I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, and that's cool. And you can totally do that. I just, I never think about it because it's like, what well, you know, you make fun of people when they do that because they come with tuna cans or, or yeah. But like, so like, again, I think that's uh, who, who's, who's being helped there. It's really hard for me to not go along that line. I don't think it, <laughs> I don't think it helps anyone other than people that want to sell you models to not that you wouldn't do that. Like no, no one walks into the forecourt of a car dealership and goes, sell me anything as long as it's red. It's like, do you not want to see if you like it? No, just red. And I'm ready. No, and like, no that's a good <laughs> point. Test drive. No, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, and that with any game we play, you know, I mean, do you want to, you know, I mean, uh, those, what about demos, like on your on your computer games that you right. used to get? They oh, were yeah. great. Oh yeah, I mean, and it, like I said, I mean, do I want to pick up the new expansion? Do I need the new expansion? Am I going to play with? Like, you know, do I want to try it out? Uh, you don't always need every. You don't need to jump in and be like, I'm buying all of it. You know, uh, but it's, it's so much fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is uh, absolutely, and I'm again. Uh, I'm on board with it. It's very hard for me to, for, especially because it's, it's especially at the beginning of the year. You're scrolling down Twitter, and people are just showing the photographs of like the 18 boxes. They're like new army January, and I'm like, I am going to finish rebasing these skeletons and stop it. <laughs> you know what you should do? You should take a screenshot. And then just just stick it in a folder. Just say, "Come back to in six months." Go back to it. Go back to the folder, and then tweet each one of those people. And say, "Hey, how's this army doing?" And if they send you a picture of it painted back fully, then you can be like, Do "You know what? Maybe I can make more impulse purchases." But I almost guarantee. <laughs> I don't think you'll even get a fifty percent retention rate I'm, on that. I'm looking system. at my gaming corner, and I have just one oversized shelf that I'm like, I don't want to expand past this on stuff I still have to pl- build and play, and there's no less than 40 boxes that i haven't opened on it like it's just crammed full i know i'm not buying anymore i know myself too well i'm saying i'm you know the goal is to get rid of that pile but no i see what you're saying that yeah it, it makes sense to be able to to go ahead and do that 
Yes, agreed. Um, so, I, I, and, and super helpful because, again, an army might not work the way you work, or you might find a unit that you love that you weren't expecting. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, true, yeah. Um, now, um, let's jump into, let's try to get up to, uh, let's get through a little bit of this, and I want to try to get into part two because we're, we're, we're running out of breaks and we're going long, so I want to get this in here. But, um, a few oh, things, a few things that you hit in here that I think are really great is, you know, you want to, you know, can you borrow an army from a friend? You have a friend who's played it who might give you tips, and part of that falls into the, you know, how many local players do you have? And if you don't have that much, you're going to have to travel to play, so you might want to start building that community. So it falls into suddenly building community. Play against all the different players in your neighborhood. Um, Try to get learn all you can from their different armies. That'll help you to to, to decide what you're going to get. And then it comes down, to, you know, get a team or get a get a game club together where you guys can get together and practice. And, and uh, a lot of this stuff in here, it, it starts to fall back onto that community thing. If you really want to pick an army that's going to suit you, you need to know what you're playing and you need to get games in. And that falls into that community. So I, I liked that sort of wrap up of part one before we get into part two, which is list building. Um. Now I kept this one. This one's kind of short in my notes because some of it is still pretty basic. And most, I think, most listeners uh, listen, uh, or most listeners would have this stuff. I'd like, what does it do well and what does it do badly? You got your strengths and weakness listed, and then it's like, do you need redundancy to res- to achieve the missions? You know, can you protect from alpha strike? There's all this stuff laying down that I never really think about before I start <laughs> building. I'm just like, I really like this guy. What can I take with him that's pretty decent? Um, but then, but then some of that, like answering those questions, like how to protect, can you protect from Alpha Strike? Is like just a fundamental. You must achieve that victory. You must achieve that. And someone who's listening and goes, "Don't tell me what to do." And I'm like, "Okay, but I'm not the one who's going to lose on the first turn," which is what Alpha Strike means. Right. It just means your opponent's ability to make it so that you can't play four games of what four turns more of Warhammer. I lose nothing because I won't get Alpha Striked. Like, just knowing how to put that into your list is important so that you can have an enjoyable experience. So it just needs to be a question. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's real fundamental. It's like, how do I not get food poisoning? It's like, okay, like, I've never really had to ask myself because people have drilled into me, like, good food prep my whole life. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, you know, I like to continue living. Um, and so I try not to give myself food poisoning and i I think some of those are simple but they're they're key especially if it's again doesn't have to be about winning it could just be about making sure you can play your four or five game four or five turns that you want to do um and and, and, the protect from alpha strike is a a big one i think especially because because that tends to be the easiest way to fall over and to have an uninteractive game which is the worst type of game in my opinion then it gets a little bit advanced because it's like, well, what are the prevailing threats? This seems to get a little bit into the meta here. You know, like, you know, what armies are going to really – and it seems like you really need to have some more knowledge of the game in general here. Um, you know, sort of researching, you know, what's wh- what things am I going to see? What am I definitely going to see if I go to a tournament? What What's the new thing that's sweeping through and am I prepared for it? Um, if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't know those things, that's going to cause – you know, uh, but we're starting to get into the uh, starting to get into that whole how how much do you you know how how much is how important is it to you that you that you can 
get through all your turns and get through all your games and try to get that extra win in, are you willing to put in that time to not just look at your own army? Well, I, I really do think uh, so. One of the things that we're thinking about doing on the Ozzy Wargamer is kind of, uh, and we we've started to do stuff like with stats and some other things. But realistically, it it doesn't take much. What are the prevailing threats? Is I've started to I think understand and identify how to do that in quite simple fashion. You know, are hordes really relevant? No or yes? Cool. You know, like. Uh-huh. It, it, uh, like, is there a lot of mortal wounds? Yes or no. Is there a lot of shooting? Yes or no. It doesn't have to be specifically probably the most common uh, meta-changing unit you're going to see in the next three months, in my opinion, outside of the Gits, will be um, uh, the the mortality glass um, Nighthorn guy, whatever his name is. I forgot the rest of it. Oh, okay, um, right. Because you can only charge on a D6. That's game-changing. And people don't really know that it's available currently. Um, so you know, like th- that piece of conversation, that last piece, is lost on people. And that's okay. It doesn't have to translate to 90% of the people who are listening. But knowing that, you know, can you kill a horde? I can't kill a horde. Maybe think about it. Okay, Maybe if you can't kill a horde, in- what are you going to do against a horde? And that's, <laughs> you know, because you're going to see them. Yeah, like, can you kill a witch hag? Uh, no. Uh, well, if I kill all the witch elves before, before I get to the hag, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. Don't go near the witch elves, but still kill the hag. Like, or, and to put that into an easier, can you kill characters at range? No. All right, cool. Do you have an option? To, like, could you neuter them? Yeah, like, I, they're probably, and again, this is what I mean about this being version one, there probably is a, a list I could put there that's just the same sort of thing. It could be a little bit simpler without it needing to be quite so complicated. Like you said, it needs to be sure. quite advanced. So there probably could be a, a bunch of questions to ask. Just, I'll make a note of that to put in. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I want to wrap up part two here uh, and then get to a commercial uh, or just take a break, and get to a commercial, whatever. Um, but I've got the total war and the limited war. Uh, that you talk about, you know, um, are you trying to, are you trying to table the, uh, is, is that the object is the object that I got to take everything else off? Um, or are you playing limited war, which is, you know, um, hitting all the objectives. I'm not worried about killing so much as getting, as you put it, getting the gold. Um, and I like this, it's an interesting division because you got to do a little of both in most games. You know, you got to keep those eyes on on the prize, just because you. And this is something that I used to totally mess up with was limited war. I'd be playing, and I'd be done. I'd have done whatever I needed to do, um, to uh to win. But I'm playing, and it's like there's a unit in front of me, and I got a unit there. I should charge them. Like I would always do that. I would do something dumb, like get into a battle I didn't necessarily need to get into because it was there in front of me. And it's like, I'm playing a war game. I should attack. No, uh, you don't have a total war army, dummy. <laughs> you, 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 all you got to do is stay put for another turn and you win. Oh, no, I'm going to attack those guys. Oh, you have no idea how many times I have snatched defeat, defeat from the jaws of victory doing something like that. <laughs> Always the best tactic. Always. Uh, I... I I really wanted to put that there because you build an army for purpose. 
Like it's it's a design of tools. Like you, it's like you it's like you like you are filling up a toolbox. You're like I need right. X, I need Y, I need to do I need to do this. But you need to understand the job you're going to go and work on. Yeah, like, exactly. For your toolbox, I think. And, and it, I got to say again, big shout out to Dan for helping me so much with because I did not know how to phrase that um, for for a long, good long while, a couple of months. Uh, I was looking, rooting around for something that would be simple and, and uh, like, uh, and I could. I didn't really know what I was trying to say. Right. Uh, you know, I, I was like, I would say things on the air, like I would say things like I was trying to get the objectives, or probably won't focus on, you know, like attrition armies. It's like, what are they doing? Well, really, they're just sitting on the objectives. They're playing a limited war game um, through, like, are they, but are they doing it through an armor cap or a wound cap? So, like, are they health tanking or are they armor tanking? Like, which is again something you take from another game system. Uh-huh. Like, but it's, I, I didn't know how to define it. I also didn't know that that's what I was doing or not doing in games. Right. Like, well, like I said, until, once I'm reading this and it's putting it down, it's like it all seems really obvious. But I mean, I didn't use these terms. I mean, it's I didn't use them either. Like, I, like I'm scoring objectives, but I, 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 I never. It's helped me because I now go and go. Am I only going to try and score objectives? Like, do I need to kill a horde if I'm just going to sit on an objective? You know, can I pin in the horde so it's never going to get to where the objectives are? Like. It lets you ask a bunch more really interesting questions about your army. Once you know, I think. Um, but like you say, I never knew what I was doing, and I still don't know really what I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm sure everyone who's listening knows. But it helps me ask a bunch of questions to get towards somewhere. I think, uh, and that's what I'm aiming at. But that's amazing. That von Clausewitz guy. Yeah. Um, watched watched i've been watching the weirdest tutorials to like to, <laughs> to write this that was like a un briefing to a security council that particular <laughs> like two hour video whatever it was it was very odd but yeah really interesting yeah um what did you think about that like do, are you a total war gamer like which uh, is i always game? was although i never should have been like not with the types of armies i play you know what i'm saying i yeah. should uh, i i'm somewhere in the middle but i'm much i'm more limited war uh, I, I guess in that you're trying to get the objectives do that sort of thing um yeah that's 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 more of where i was at but i, I did notice i was like it's an interesting division because they do tend to overlap somewhat because it's a war game um yes but uh, yeah, it's good. Basically, if you're really good at the total war part in the first couple of terms, you win the limited war game. True. Like, uh, effectively. But sometimes, also when you look at your opponent's army, like, you have to ask yourself, do they have the capacity for limited war? And are they really going to try and do that? Because you, you can offer up units, like you were saying. Uh, like, there are, there are versions of the game where you would offer units up. So your opponent thinks they're winning. But you're just sat there on objective scoring points. They don't know they've lost by yeah. turn three. You no, know, they're that's... like killed like two monsters and you're like, that's fine. I wanted you to have them fight them in your deployment zone. Stay there. I don't want you to go anywhere. And you're like, oh, I've lost, but I've killed the two monsters. Most people walk away from that going, I killed his monsters, so I'm really happy. And then the other guy's like, I won the game. Like, I'm happy. It's, it's a cool system that it can do that, I think. Yeah. Well, and then you've got a whole list of different army types, and I don't obviously we're we're, we're not going to go through them all, but it, yeah. I, it's interesting when they were all listed out because I mean there are armies that can cover several of these, uh, and that's one of the things I like is that you know you might pick an army that can only do one or two of these things, but then there's some armies that have so many such a variety of builds where you know you can play in 
several of these different ones, uh, you know, depending on how you build that army. Um, and I, I always like those types of armies because you you can you can go out and buy an extra unit or two and maybe shift up a couple of things or buy a character and a couple of two units and then with what you already have you can come in with a whole nother style of play a whole nother army um so a lot of that stuff i thought overlapped and i thought it was really interesting oh, um, good yeah I, I agree with you like some some armies are everything and it, you just got it, it, you have to just define something somewhere otherwise yep. you know <laughs> it's just the big mess that it, it's always been i think um but yeah like you said in here maybe examples uh, if it was more living more current it might always be useful to produce like some examples as well for people and just sure. be like, like that would be cool well, and i did have that in my notes i'm like is there any examples of these types of armies or these ty- some of these types of things um of course as i'm writing out my notes i'm thinking this is only like 14 pages we're, this is going to be quick and of course we're diving into all sorts of interesting stuff here so uh you know what let's take a break because we finished up part two and then we'll wrap up the rest of this book when we come back we'll get through the next couple of parts uh as soon as we can so we'll be back in just a moment folks Okay, listeners, what's the number one rule of hobby gaming? Okay, well, the number one rule of hobby gaming is don't buy more models than you can paint, but we all break that rule constantly. So what's the real number one rule of hobby gaming? Support your friendly local gaming store. And my friendly local gaming store is Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. No, not that Wakanda. And no, not that Lindsay. So why Lindsay's Gamer Garrison? What do they have to offer? First, they carry everything Games Workshop. 40K, AOS, Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Kill Team, all the paint line. They even have Black Library books. They offer special discounts every day. And if you do go in there and there's something out of stock, special order discounts that you won't believe. After you buy all your models, feel free to stay and paint them at their fully stocked, totally free to use painting station. And then, once your army's ready, sign up for one of Lindsay's monthly tournaments. That's right, they have a local one-day event every single month, alternating between 40K and AOS. And that's still not all. Monday is Build and Paint Day. Come in on Monday, work on your latest project, you get a raffle ticket. Come in and play Warhammer on Saturday, get a raffle ticket. Now, what's the raffle? Every month, two winners receive a $50 gift card to use on GW Products just for coming in and playing and painting and being part of the community. And that's not even all you get for coming in and being a part of the community. Come in for that Saturday gaming where you get a raffle ticket. You also earn a Lindsay's Gamer token. And when you have eight tokens, you can turn them in and get free entry into one of the tournaments that I just mentioned earlier. And that's why I love Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. Fully stocked with all the GW product you could want, and they're doing their best to reward you for being part of the gaming community. What more could you ask for? A place to play, a place to build, a place to paint, a place to hang out, and a place that rewards you for being there. Folks, if you're looking for one place that will satisfy all your hobby needs, you have to come and see Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois.
We are back. Back with the uh, second half of the uh, Honest Wargamer Workbook. Uh, part three of The Grind. Oh, the worst bit. <laughs> and you says that, too. This is the part. Um, this is the part where you're giving out homework because this is the part for practice. And like I said, this is the part here where you got to decide how serious you are about winning and how serious you are about about really getting into that next level of gaming. Um, this is where you're stepping away from. I I don't care. I just want to roll dice with my friends. Um, although you've made a compelling case in, to me that the better you know the game and the better you can do this part, the better a game you're going to give to your friends when you're just having fun and rolling dice. So now I'm falling into confused. So well, have you have you ever so have you ever looked around a gaming hall or a gaming group, and then you've watched the guy watching the guy rifle through his book, finding the page for I, the rule. You know what? I've I've been that guy, and I'm not that guy as much anymore. But I've, oh yeah, and I've had I've had games against people who I was like, oh, I've always wanted to play against you, and then I'm playing and I don't know all my rules, and I was so embarrassed. <laughs> it's, it's, it, again like friendly environments a bunch of other places it's not an issue it is not an issue like um uh it, it's a hobby so you're entitled to do absolutely everything you want to do with your hobby couldn't agree with that that statement more uh but once you go beyond a certain level I think that there's a uh there's a social contract which we talk about quite a lot uh-huh it, there's a social contract and sometimes like we say things like it's a social contract to allow your opponent to have a fun game or for them to have a fun game and um and i think a key element for that is just you know you know what you're doing every response is like 10 seconds like what's my toughness or like uh, how many wounds has he got it's like i can answer that i don't need to look up anything i've got it you you know the conversation's flowing we're telling jokes also there's a there's a resource management thing that they talk about in competitive computer games and and some other like chess the more time you spend thinking about your moves or actions that aren't like reading you're in the moment more it's two and a half hours of playing the game not an hour and 45 minutes of playing the game and, and 45 minutes of referencing. Yeah, no, and, and you're 100% right because, and that's something that I have marked right on here. It's like this, I don't do this and I need to do this. And that's right. I, I don't do it enough. Yeah. But even before we get to getting off book, we've got the whole read your tournament pack and then take some notes. What missions are you going to do? What are the secondaries if they give you all that stuff? Um it's and that's that's important. Now there was something that you listed here, and it said, uh, you know, what will you do if you go first, and what will you do if you go second? And I marked that as that's something that I have told to some of my uh, friends when I when I brought them back into the into playing after they'd been away for a while. And I'm like, no, no, like it's, you know, you heard all the complaining about the double turn, the people who are like, oh, the double turn, anyone who double turns always wins the game, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, get good, son. Um, but I think almost a, another question that's important, and I don't, I don't really think about it that often, is that first turn. You can't double turn on turn one, like you're both getting your turn in, but what happens if you go first or what happens if you go second? Um, you know, I don't often think about that when I'm setting up. I don't know. I just know that this is what I have to do. And, um, you know, I don't 
I don't think of those ramifications so much. My, my extent of on turn one, what happens if I go first or second is that idea of uh, my extent of it is, do I want to try for the double turn or am I, or do I need to hit him hard and fast right now? And that's the complete extent of how far I've gone. I'm like, Oh, there's, I'm reading this one. There's more to it than that. I'm not. (laughs) There is so much. You could spend like, you could spend hours, hours and hours and days talking about just that like a really good indication of 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 knowing whether or not your opponent is thinking about that and having a conversation in their own head is when they ask you how many drops is your army which means then they know and if they do that before deployment they know how many drops theirs is they know who's getting to decide who goes first yep and they're going to start to deploy. Now, when both players know that, where it gets really exciting is it's a fake-out in deployment. Are you deploying aggressively? Uh-huh. So, so as you deploy defensively, then I give you the first turn, so you have to, you've lost loads of movement. Oh. You've deployed defensively against my aggressive deployment. Again, I'm deciding first. I deploy defensively. You deploy aggressively. And again, I give you, I give you, I take the first turn, set up a bunch of buffs or counter strike because you've left some openings. Like th- th- there's just that, that's like the lowest level. It's fascinating. Like there's loads. It's really cool. Really, really, really cool. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts, deployment in the first turn. It's wicked fun. See, and there's me. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, we're yeah. getting here and you, and I don't want to spend a ton of time you get a couple of exercises here where and one of the first thing is is deploy your army for the mission just deploy like not playing a game how are you going to deploy this army back in seventh and eighth ed chris you got me doing this because we always had to have our army set in certain places so when we because we were constantly trying to outmaneuver each other plus i had i was playing vampire counts so i had to have bubbles right so i had to have everyone in certain spots um but you ask about uh can you do dead drops and fake drops can i I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, and, and yeah, and someone, some, several people pointed that out. I haven't put that in, so it needs to be dead drops. Is uh, so your battle line skinks for Seraphon. You got uh-huh. three units of ten. I don't care where they go. Like, like I'm just like one, two, three. Good, another good dead drop, or a better dead drop. It probably would be uh, heart renders from Doors of Cain. You go unit in the sky. You have to deploy a unit down. Another unit in the sky. You got to deploy a unit down. You play in the stormcast. This unit in the sky. This unit in the sky. This unit in the sky. Now you know which four or five units you're going to put in the wildwoods or in the aether sea or wherever you're going to put them. Um, but your opponent is now like, okay, well I've had to deploy four units, and it like if they need overlapping bubbles or synergy or you know they need units near each other, whatever that is, you can start to work out where they're going to start to put some units. Have they left a big hole where the monster's going to go? Like so, the dead drops. I get it. Okay, so this is like back, and I keep throwing back to eighth when you had guys with fifteen drop chaff armies because they were sitting and just dropping down one little chariot or one unit of this and just waiting to see where you put your whole army. Because well, that was before you got to choose if you de- when you, if you finished first when you got to choose um, who got first. You just rolled off and you only got a plus one. Um, it's still it's still good to line up your key units versus their key units. Yeah, and so you're sure just doing all, okay. Yeah, sure that you get the you get the matchups you want as opposed to the matchups that they want. Interesting. 
Um, let's see what else is here in part three. Uh, this is where you get to get off book, and this is super hevel- helpful. And I have never gotten off book. I just, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because I'm old and there's no more room for all these numbers. I just don't remember. <laughs> Uh, I literally make cheat sheets where I've got the characters. Na- I have had like those yellow legal tablets with the Perfect. name of each unit guy there, and then I draw the little circle and write the four numbers in, like on Brilliant. like on the war scroll, just because I want it all right there, right in front of me, where I can just look down at a glance and it's there. Because I I know I'm not remembering it, but I don't want to waste everybody's time. Super valid. Like it's it's just like prep, right? If you do. If you do all of this prep that's in the prep section here, you're going to be so far ahead of everyone else in the prep category, like which is going to be excellent. And and you can out prep other people. Like you, uh, stuff I didn't put in here is know the average da- average da- average damage out- damage output of your unit. I didn't put that in there because I was like I don't want to terrify people. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you can, and yeah. and, and oh, you no. can, like, and that's really healthy to to learn and know. Um, Getting off book really good because you're spending less time referencing, more time knowing what you can do, more time looking at the board, making decisions, working out what your opponent's up to, um, pretending you're up to stuff, just being like, hope you don't kill my war mammoth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really want you to kill it. Like, oh, just enjoying the experience. Dude, I like, used to pull enough. some cheesy nonsense too during, during, during setup just to try to throw my opponent off, off balance. I used to come in and you'd have your six foot table, right? And I got six feet by one foot and I start putting a few things in the middle. Meanwhile, to my left flank, I have my bag of dice and my books and my rules and I'm laying everything to the center and the right and it looks like I don't need that space. He's not he's not deploying there. because it, And then wait and then suddenly at the end you're pulling that stuff off and putting things there. And I don't know if that was shady or not, but I'm like, man, I'll take anything I can get. I'm going to psych these guys out. I'm I'm always three. I will let you look into your own mirror. You can you can you can judge yourself. <laughs> but uh, no, and you're right. But knowing this stuff and and the cheat sheet, man, I have a especially in this game where you've got things going off. I mean, if you're playing Stormcast and you've got five guys, I've got four characters. You know, they all do something in a certain phase. You know, two toot does stuff in two phases, depending on which one I want to do. I have my cheat sheet listed out phase by phase, just like hero phase. Make sure you do these, and I've got them listed there, so I'm not wasting time running from page to page. Because yeah, which and really help for you for yourself, so you don't make mistakes. Right. Um, not making mistakes is a key, not only because it, it creates a valid game. There's nothing worse than that feeling that you get when you play a game and some guy's like, oh, I forgot, actually, I can reroll hits. And you're like, well, that probably would have drastically changed that combat. Oh, like, yeah. it, when two people play a fair game, they know everything. There's nothing better than that, whatever the outcome is, I think, because both people feel like, yeah, this has been valid. Whatever the result, this has been valid. Yeah, And I don't know like, which feels worse. And I mean, this is honest. I don't know if it's worse when I forget my rule. Like, oh, I forgot that. I, oh, man, what? I got a plus one to all these things, you know, and it's like then I feel stupid because I didn't do something I could do. I sometimes feel worse when it's my opponent who does it because then it's like, oh, I just wiped them out. Oh, if I would have remembered my rule, you wouldn't have wiped them out. The game wouldn't have gone that way. And I'm like, 
All right, well, I got a cheap victory then, like, you know, because my opponent forgot. I don't, I, sometimes I feel worse when they forget their rules to their detriment because it's like, oh, if I, you know, I kind of took advantage of it. Another reason, as I'm, as I'm talking, I'm actually thinking, another reason why it's good to know your rules because you can cheat yourself, but if I cheat myself, then you're, you, I didn't, not only didn't give you as good a game, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you just sort of feel like, well, okay, I won, but did I? Or yeah, so you know, would I have? This is this is the worst part of the workbook, the grind. And I say that it's like, why would you want to do that? It's like, hello, I'm getting back from work. What are you doing tonight? Well, I am going to studiously research this hobby that I do. So that sounds awful. Um, I, <laughs> but doesn't a lot of this come down to part four with all the practice games? Because you start to memorize your stats better when you're constantly rolling dice, and you know because you keep playing these guys. That you get better, I and mean, that's you know, research can be gaming, I suppose. It, it, and I think it is, and I think like I think what's really key about it is you'll you'll have more fun games, you'll enjoy yourself more, um, and and identifying that as a, as a part of the process is something that you just have to you just have to kind of accept and, and work towards. And even if you aren't a competitive gamer, just doing these things will just give you this kind of like such good ownership over what you're up to. And like every sports person um, and everyone in every other field will, I'm sure, advise the same thing. Like there's like if I was to pick up a guitar, which I do not play, by the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, OK, like, join the club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you play any musical instruments at all? Uh, you know, I I learned to play a few chords on the guitar. I tried to learn how to play the violin. You know what? I'm just going to play video games or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's, here's a good one. So so, so Vince from Warhammer Weekly, right? Yeah. So when I pick up a paintbrush and I look at a model, I think, I think he's going to be blue. And that's it for me. Like maybe some other things. Or I'll start to go online and I'll start to research stuff and I'll look at things and I'll think, okay, I'd like it to look like that. How do I make it look like that? And then I'll go like ask someone or I'll go research it or whatever it might be. When Vince looks at a model because his painting skills that good or someone from every metal or one of the numerous painters out there who, who are great at painting look at a model, they think they can play with that. They go, I'm going to add this color and I'm going to, I'm going to make the, the highlights here or I'm going to make this like their skills are at a point where it allows them a freedom to enjoy the creative process. They, in gaming, you can develop your skills to the point where you can enjoy the creative process of playing. You just have to do the really boring rubbish. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, like and, and, and it is unfortunate, um, but it's, I mean, vital. In my no, I, I get what you're saying. There's there's certain yeah, there's certain things that if you're good at it, you can look at it, and you're looking at it at a level that's not being looked at necessarily by other people. Yes, yeah, you just yeah, but there's a free there'll be a freedom there. Right. I played a game that, anecdotally. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make this too long. No. Anecdotally, I played a game very recently against my friend Adam, and Adam uh, is wonderful, such a joyous human being to be around, um, and and he has a, a great Stormcast army. You know, he's like got a list. And, and he's just rubbish at playing with it. Absolutely. And he knows that. Like, he's just like, he did, like, played Nathan before. They had a great time. Nathan just made it super, like, narrative, and they just had loads of fun. Played against me, and I was like, I'm just going to cut him apart like a scalpel. Yeah? Like, turn three, I, table, <laughs> I, I tabled him. He had two units of evocators off the board, and I'd lost four Chaos Dwarves. That was it. You know, against 20 sequiturs and, and the whole <laughs> 
it was but what was nice about it was is he brought the evocators down and we'd left a gap and my friend dan was watching and he was like we're in it's happening the evocators are going to take on the whole army and like and we could allow some gaps for that to start be this moment and adam like you know got this enthusiasm in turn three where he was just like i'm killing one unit i've killed an eight mortal wounds oh and and it was this beautiful snowball moment because we we had the skills to to mitigate the, the good and the bad right um uh, like and, and it was and it was awesome and and that's because I've been playing that army only that army now for six months. I've never played an army for this long. Nice. Never played. Like, and 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 because I, I said I'm going to play it for a year, I've got another six months under my belt. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to be in six months? This is so fun, and I'm feeling a freedom like that I've never experienced as a game before as well. So, Pretty like, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I want people to know that like, I'm trying to take this journey along with them as well. So one last thing before we get to part four, which I know is your favorite part of this. Right at the bottom of exercise three, get movement trays. All capitals. Yeah. Uh, move them faster. Deploy them faster. Spend more time trying to win the game and less time moving. So easy it hurts to say it. This. So much this. What happened? We used to play a game that you had to have movement trays. Like, there was no playing it really without them. And we moved around bases, and suddenly it became like, oh, that ruins the game. No, dude, it does not. I know you don't need them in 40K that much because you only have, I mean, I suppose if you're playing like Trader Guard or something like that and you have tons of little guards, you're going to have 30, 40 models. But most units, when I'm playing 40K, at least are like 10 guys, you know? 15 playing orcs you might have a mob so you're gonna have 30 but even then it's like dude it takes forever to move them unless you're just gonna move the front guys up and then just push everything behind them which can get a little sloppy you know sloppy i mean sloppy play wise too yeah yeah i mean yeah like like it's it's not i mean movement trays again arguably sometimes can be a bit sloppy when people are like they don't really think about us so it's not just this model on the end it's the rest of the bit so just be cautious right Um, but still i mean but it's gonna you can if i'm picking up the pace if i've got a unit of 30 and i've got three little five guy movement trays i can move the one up move the one next to it make sure that the whole nothing in it moves more than its movement but you shoop 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 Got it. And then when you get into combat, it gets a little clunky. You got to pull them off the trays and stuff. But uh, I'm all about making sure if I've got a unit of more than 10 guys, I'm, I've ordered up a bunch of movement. In fact, I today I was talking with the guys from Six Squared Studios, shameless plug, and uh, I'm like, dude, I need, I need a bunch of movement trays for my undead because everything I have is for Stormcast, and now I've got all these... Grave garden skeletons, get me some movement trays. I am not moving forty guys one model at a time. No, I, I think, think one of the things we're going to do next week is a quick skit and a gag. Is we're just going to go? We're going to do the movement challenge. It's going to take a bunch of units and just be like, okay, go. It'll be the guy with movement trays versus the person without movement trays. Yeah, and, and the difference will be astronomical. But yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just get movement trays. Like uh, again, there's no shameless plug from me anywhere that you can. Like, just get movement trays and speed up your games. It'll make everything quicker. Uh, like d- deployment. Oh my god, deployment! It's just brilliant. It's like boom, 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 boom. Done. They're down. Cool. Like counting up how many models are in one unit. Also, another cool tactic, especially if you've got units that seem that are all the same. Like, especially with uh, Gloom Spy in in the future, or like this this use unit of movement trays is on the red movement trays, and these are on the blue. Right, which unit's which? 
red ones, blue ones. Cool. You don't <laughs> have to paint your models a different color. You don't have to rim the bases a different color. Just there you go. It's super easy way to define. Even squads of ten. That's one squad because it can get a little bit janky sometimes. Yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'm all about it. I get it. It it it's never as aesthetically pleasing to have your movement trays as it is without them. Um, but there's they're dead useful, and so just paint them up so they match your army and just go with it. It's just easy. Um, let's jump into part four, uh, the game here, which like I said, I know this is your section, um, and uh, or you should have just called this one the beat down because <laughs> I, read that, like, I like this. I like, you like this. That, didn't you? I did. I'm like, this is good. So part four, folks, you get to the table. You read the mission. You've seen your opponent's army. Then uh, then you give us a nice quick list of six questions to ask. Really? Yeah, quick, quick six questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of questions here. And I even said to you, I'm like, dude, you need to rank these if you're going to do this, at least so for, the, for the person who gets to this point, And they're only going to get one or two of them down until they get a few more games and then add another question to it. Let them know which ones are more important here because, uh, you know, what's the longest charge they can do turn one? What units do that? Can they charge deep strike, outflank, scout, infiltrate? Which units do this and when do you think you'll use it for? Are they going to alpha strike? Can they debuff your army turn one at what rate? I'm like going through I'm like, oh, I have a headache. I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I, I I look across the table. I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Oh, that's a cool army. What does that do?" Like, I'm just like, "Let's go poke it and find out." <laughs> uh, and so, once you've asked all these questions, you need to ask, "Who is the beatdown?" And I'm like, "Who is the beatdown?" Like, what is this? So, why don't you explain this part? So, first off, I shamelessly stole this. Uh, from a Magic the Gathering article, which you can just type into Google at any point. Uh, and it's totally worth reading because it contextualizes some of it uh, better than maybe I have, but it's it's definitely a steal. But it was such a good way of phrasing it that I, I wanted to, to put it in here. Um, and, and it's because... So the reason I find Part 4 so interesting is because Part 4 was the problem that has led to everything up to Part 4. Okay. Part 4 was commentating on the game... And saying, who's, have you ever walked up to two people playing a game midway and you go, who's winning? And then both people look at you with that long thousand yard stare and we go, we don't know. This is a <laughs> rubric of insanity no one understands. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I know that. Good. All right. So you know that. As, imagine being a commentator on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and they're being, wow. What's the, Who's in the ascendancy? Who's doing the best? How are you doing well? And a commentator needs to ask those questions. And if a commentator needs to ask it, so does a gamer. So it kind of was me as a commentator being like, what do I do as a gamer to identify how things are going and what I'm up to? And I was like, well, I play it by instinct. I play it by ear, just like everybody. You know, like, a, like I was like, what, have you got a set of questions? I was like, no. So I had to go away and read it. So part four has been the most difficult part for me to write or was the most difficult part for me because i didn't really know how a game of warhammer went which that's, is stupid i played hundreds of games exactly that sounds so crazy but it's dude it's not easy to call your game 
It's not. It's, 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 I mean, it's easier to call the game you're playing. I mean, we've done the shows where we record a game, we stop in between turns, we sort of talk it through it. But that's not what you're doing. You don't have the insight of the players on the table. You are literally just watching and reporting on what's happening. Um. Yeah, and it's it's uh, that's a different animal. That is a very different animal. So I, I can I never thought about it that way, really. But honestly, I mean, I guess if you go back and think about watching different battle reports or watching people doing live streaming their games, there's definitely a difference between people who are entertaining to listen to them calling the games and people who don't who aren't basically. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what the difference is, <laughs> but you're, you're, you're calling games. You darn well better figure out what the difference is, I guess. So that's another reason why you wrote this, I suppose. Yeah. That's, it, it, it's so self-serving, like realistically, <laughs> but so then, but the, it, like, as I approached it, I was like, this is going to help me as a gamer. So I started to play some games and I had a book and I was writing notes and I was asking questions and I was like, and I was using this, this concept um the uh, the beatdown concept and, and effectively it's this you get to the tabletop who should win there's a scenario because there is a definitive or there is a, a finite set of questions to ask there's the scenario and there's my army versus your army based on the movements that you could do just like chess like if you watch like a grandmaster just kick the ass out of everyone else he knows all the options you can make uh-huh and all, all that you will do, and therefore wins almost all the time. But Warhammer is so complicated, and there are so many variables, and it is based on dice, so there's statistical chances as well, that most people attack it, look at it, and go, well, I won't try to work it out. It's like, okay, all right, that's fine. And like, and, 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 and you can try to work it out and get it wrong as well. I mean, that, that's definitely a thing you could do as well. But the beatdown is identifying who effectively should be in a position of ascendancy before you've ever rolled a dice, before you've put a model on the board. But as soon as you put a model on the board, people are making mistakes. People are moving away from that plan or they're changing the variables in a big way. You know, you could you could go from army list versus army list in a scenario to army list A wins to go into deployment where army army list B wins. Yeah, like, okay. If, if you played it with all of the right potential moves, yeah? Interesting. Because um, that has to be true because, the, like, you know, there's a statistical average on the dice. Now, when things, again, the dice change that, you know, army A should be army B, but like it rolled badly or it rolled well, but you can't really, I can't say to you, roll better dice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and also roll better dice. You know, I mean, you can totally be, you know, I mean, it's like, that, right? get good, son. <laughs> yeah, but how? How do I get good? Um, so I needed a concept for me to help commentate and say, well, this person's doing well, this person's not doing well. So the beatdown is identifying that your opponent is either in a stronger place or you are. And then that you need to push that advantage or make your opponent make a mistake by pushing their advantage. One of the two. And because that, there should be no that's unwinnable. That's kind of a fascinating little thing. So if you've got the advantage and you are the beat down, you know, um, the, the example here is, is actually pretty good. You've got an elite army with good rerollable saves. You've got a couple of units that really do really good mortal wound output. Uh, on the on in, in three turns, you should have this in hand if you can if they can be as effective as possible. So your job is protect them while at the same time 
getting them where they need to be. You know, make sure they survive long enough to do that job, and you can get your, you know, and you're doing that. Uh, their job, your opponent who doesn't have the beat down, um, they they need to recognize that those that's what they have to get rid of, and they have to go after it. But you have the advantage because you've got the 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 thing, or or another, you know, like something like I'm like, okay, I I get this, um, and then suddenly if they're the beat down. It's like okay, now they they have the advantage, and you have to figure out how you're you're, you're at that disadvantage. But understanding that, um, and they, I mean, and that's where you just said you have to try to force them to make mistakes. I hadn't thought about that uh, even when I read it. I kind of glossed over it because I'm like, I, what? Like it's hard. I, it's hard <laughs> enough for me to get my models on the table and make decisions myself. How am I gonna? That's now that's some top tier playing at that point. I, I'm assuming if you're playing well enough, where I know my army well enough, where I know what I'm doing, and I'm forcing you to make mistakes. I mean, that's 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 the whole enchilada here, right? That's kind of what you're aiming for. It's a strategy game. You're using strategy. Like, you're not yeah. moving models at each other and rolling dice. You're using strategy to win the strategy game. Like, uh, 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 but it's, it's very, like, it can be daunting to understand that your opponent is in, is, is better. Like, some people are quite defeatist. They get to the tabletop, like, how am I meant to beat that? I've heard that's really good. And I'm like, well, do you know what it does? Like, like, what's, like, it, like, what do you have that can, like, a really simple strategy is bait. Here's this bit. I played my friend Joe uh, a while ago, um, and I put my big chaos war mammoth just away from my army, uh, six inches away, right next to a bunch of my shooter units. And he was just like, and he had some vampire lawn zombie dragons. And he went, he looked at it, and it, it was not surrounded by screens. And he and said, how far can you move? And he was like, I can move forty inches. I was like, cool. And he looked at me and he went, Rob, that is bait. And he just pointed at it, and I went, yes, it is. That's bait. Went, exactly. <laughs> but if I don't take it, you can charge me. And I went, yes. And he went, oh no. <laughs> like, like, and and it wasn't so much. I, the right decision maybe was to attack it, maybe it wasn't. But what it did, it was like I don't know what to attack. Like, and if and if you the most you can achieve is that when you're at the disadvantage, that's obviously really important because your opponent's like, oh, where do I go? Because I have a plan, but I don't know what. And some people, some people are quite ignorant. I call them as players. I think that's a, a an ignorant play style. This is what they do. They take eighteen. Morsar guard, and then they point him at something and go, I'm going to kill it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> okay, eel boy, off you go. Or some two units of 20 sequiturs, and they go, this is Gavriel Shorehart, and all of these charge beat me. And you're like, okay, you big ignorant player, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, I get it. That's their play style. Sorry, go on. No, I know, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm enjoying your explanation because that's like okay, I get it even better. Um, uh, so it's give and take. Yeah. It's give and take. And understanding that, and then what's really what's really awkward is it's uh, not until you get this concept, I think, or start to play with it enough that you go back to the army list stage and you start to go, okay, 
like variables how can i install variables into my army which is something i left out of the list building it's something i need to add at some point like how can i develop a high variance of play inside of my army so as to best you know it's always been described as an all comers, all comers list yeah what does that mean <laughs> like how do how Man, do you if i knew i'd be going to more tournaments <laughs> yeah, and if I knew, I'd write it down. Are you kidding? I'm still-, I'm still fascinated about if they're the beatdown. I'm reading the example because that, that's happened. So, you know, you're, you've got your elite army and they've got a horde. It's like, oh, you can't kill me because I'm this elite army and I'm wiping your guys out guy after guy after guy. But it's like you just said, you can't kill me. You know what I'm yes. saying? You can't kill me. Uh, and so, what am I going to do? They 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 have the advantage. They're going to sit on a, on objectives, and it's, and can I grind through it? Then you have to start looking around for your next step. So I I, I get this. This is really uh, I like. Hey, you know, thank you for explaining it. Like I, it was nothing that I'd ever seen put into words before, and now that it's sitting there, I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? Oh, thanks. No, please. I was so nervous about this section. Um, Like, really was. Because I... It's... It's... Warhammer is this beautiful thing on the tabletop, I think. Where And again, it's just a riot of math and numbers. And I don't think I'm that smart. So I think it requires a lot. Sometimes, unless you're one of those ignorant players who's like, there is no thinking here. Hi, I'm going to kill you. You're like, cool. <laughs> like, um, there's, uh, there's, there's such a riot of combinations of things that can occur that I think eventually when we get people at like an incredibly high skill cap of play, or if the game allows that, because sometimes games don't allow that. Right. But if the game has the design language to allow that to happen, what I'll get to do is commentate over beautiful games, which is which is great. Like that's what I'd like to see happen, and I'm hoping the workbook helps people achieve that. Like I had a more complete and fulfilling game, which is excellent because that means that the the general skill level of everyone goes up, which means they challenge each other. So that should eventually improve the skill level generally as well, which is ace. Like cool. I'm super about that. Um, and then this is uh, I'm hoping should really help people like understand. That yes, sometimes there's a losing position, um, but you can try. And the momentum as well, like the momentum of the game, like people can be like the beatdown is at the start, but then that can swing and it can move to someone else. And it could be because of dice rolls, and it could be because of decisions. Um, but then it's like that runner who runs the the good race, and at the end they celebrate, and then the guy number two just picks them at the post. You know, you've always got to be cautious, right? <laughs> right. Um, and and it takes. It also helps you identify what their armies can do. There's a bunch of really good questions there. Um, but yeah, thanks. It was really hard to to put that into words. I think. And so again, uh, go and read the article from the Magic the Gathering guy because I've stolen it. So I gotcha. This is uh, this is this is nothing but a steal. <laughs> and, then, and so now, once you've got your beat down, and we've totally skipped over the nobody is the beat down, where then you have to decide if you're going to play defensive or aggressive, because you guys are evenly matched. Which I'm just like, oh gee, okay. No, uh, I've got I've got the first two down. I'm doing okay for today. Um, and I'm looking at that, and then you've got you've got your deployment. Now you're putting out your deployment, and then suddenly questions come up. And as as you're describing it, and as we're talking to each other, suddenly these questions seem to make a lot more sense. It's like, oh, okay, I see why you need to do this. Make sure they're not going to be able to alpha strike you, or do you want to set a trap? 
for let them alpha strike and see if you can catch them off their feet. Um, and that all the questions go through. And now you've got your deployment. Um, I like how you say take a photo of the board. So that way later when you look, when things go right or go wrong, you can remember what was happening. Um, like, like, you know, if you've got a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group or a group of friends, picture of the board is just solid. Everyone on their phone now has an app for drawing. Yeah. Everyone. So you can take a picture of that board and you and your friends can become the John Madden, ESPN, like commentators of your dreams. You like, should have done this. You could have done that. Like there's endless, endless commentary and criticism can be achieved by that simple one photo at the end of deployment, um, which is really solid. Like and, and good for looking back, you know, like, you know, someone's like, I've never played against. How do they normally deploy? And you'd be like, take a picture. You'd be like, there seems to be only 10 models on that board. It's like, yes, <laughs> the rest are off the board and they're coming on later. <laughs> or, or, or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. I, I remember one time, <laughs> this was, and they talk about, this isn't even with deployment. This is during deployment, though. And I told you earlier, I'm, I'm like, ooh, what does that do? Um, I remember I was playing against Johnny Hastings at one of the last games at Adepticon one year, and he was playing his Beastmen back when they had all the they, they'd roll for their rage or whatever it is, and they'd get extra stuff. And he put down his little herds there, and he had them there, and I'm like, "Oh, what can those guys do?" And he, when I said that, like I, everybody in his in his gaming group in his area, not only knew what they did, but they played against him, and they played against Beasts, so they knew exactly what was happening. Whereas I, nobody around here plays Beasts, so he's like. Boy, the look in his eyes, like, oh my gosh, I am starving and you are a hamburger. (laughs) It was sort of a, here, let me show you what they do. And I was just like, oh man. But yeah, you know, but it's the same thing. You know, oh, I never played this. What can they do? Okay, here, there's what they can do. Um, The more you know about that, the better a chance you've got to not be turned into hamburger. (laughs) All day long. long. You know what you said when he came to deployment as well? Like two people evenly matched, or the armies are roughly evenly matched. And you're like, what's the advantage there? What we're talking about, uh, most of the workbook is mechanical gaming. Uh Because I'm not a sports expert, but I imagine you could buy, I don't know, at least 100 books on the gamesmanship of person-to-person gaming, be it poker, be it chess. There's an amazing chess story of a guy that intentionally threw his first three or four games at like a big chess match in the 60s or 70s, and I'm going to have to find it for you one time. Uh-huh. But his opponent knew that, that he was making, that, that the guy throwing the games, it was a mistake, because like, it was the best of like 15 or something. Uh-huh. He knew. He's like, you shouldn't be making any mistakes. These are rookie mistakes. But he's so outsiked the guy by making these mistakes that he eventually quit. He didn't even have to beat him the next seven games in a row. The guy quit because he had a mental breakdown. Now, I'm not advising that. <laughs> a, right? I'm not advising that. But what isn't inside this book is everything you can do as a player like you, sir, with your, <laughs> I'm just putting my army book here. I won't possibly put my models there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm a confidence gamer. I'm all brass. 
uh, I'm all just, I'm all big and vocal, you know, so I've just, I put a unit down and go, I'm going there. And, you know, opponents are like, why are they there? I'm like, well, they're going to, they're going to kick your ass. You're like, what? Ben Curry what? said that. I remember one time on Bad Dice, he's like, I have no respect for my other player's army. And people were all like, what? He's like, no. I goes, what I'm talking about is when I'm deploying, I know what my army does. I know where I'm going to put those pieces. And I don't care where you're putting your pieces. I know exactly what's happening here. I know how I need to set up to do the things I need to do. And yes, you might have a few things that cause me trouble, but I know what I need to do with my army. I know how I need to do them, and this is how I'm setting up. Um, and his was I, I, like, I'm not saying about I'm not saying about that because I think AOS is a different beast to Warhammer Fantasy Battle. No, and that is um, that is not, and while that is very true, there is sort of that. And I, there was something that I wrote down that is not one of the methods you had. I have a, I, I call it a locked set of, style of deployment. Yeah. Um, because even though AOS is a very different game and you may have to move things around, there are certain things. If I'm taking certain lists, that this these four units are always going this way no matter how it goes because I need to do this thing. And then I can adjust some of my other deployments, the other two or three I have left, based on what you're doing. But I I know this is going to I'm, – I'm, I'm looking at the deployment zone saying where can I put – all of this to be this way so that I can do my thing. I don't know if that's uncommon, but I, I, I called it like a locked style of deployment where most of my army is always going to go this way because this is what I need to do with these guys. And then uh, and then the rest of it you can vary, but there's that core that has to be the same. I don't know if you guys ever do anything, or if you ever do anything like that. Maybe I'm just weird, but that was just uh, something that I, I put in there. I think, I think that's great. I think that's especially good. Um, like I would worry about locking myself in. That would like like um, not having that flexibility of decision making on the tabletop. But that could work really really well. Um, you know, like it, it, let's say someone's got the comet, which you use to great effect, right? Like you know, if you're if you're locked in deployment, it means that everything's clumped up. You are going to have to change that if you know you're going to face the stormcast comet. Oh yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you're just taking damage because you just want to do the thing you want to do over the facts in front of you like everything has to be a work which is why it was so hard writing how to help yourself be better because all of the variables are all variable <laughs> that's true but hey if that's my wombo combo and i need it to win i'm i'm risking it because you gotta bet heavy to win heavy yeah, like, and see, there you go, right? There's, <laughs> see, there's... this is why I'm that guy, that maniac player. Why would you do that? Because this is what I do. <laughs> which is, which is, but then identify, like, if that goes badly, identifying that, you know, it not being because of the double turn, it not being oh, because. Oh, no, yeah. Like, like, I'm not saying that's you, that's some people, like, uh, identifying where mistakes were made. Um, and sometimes that's in army choice. That could be um, that too. It could be that too, and sometimes that's just in, and sometimes that's like you know that guy. <laughs> you ever tried to get off a spell? You rolled an eleven, and then your opponent's rolled a twelve, uh, and you're like, "Well, well." <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah, really interesting. And the flow. Of, I think that's probably the section that I feel that uh, like I'm proud I got it down, but I feel like it can be worked on more. Eventually. Well, and then you get to this turn one, and at turn one, you give yourself a set of rules, you know, or, or a set of questions. At the end of the movement phase, I've got these three questions, and then from this point on, at, you know, once once you get, I mean, you can't 
you can't give advice for every single scenario. Once once the game has started, look, just ask yourself these questions. You know, what are my goals this turn? Uh, you know, what do I need to do? Who do I need to attack? Um, and then as far as yours goes, once turn one is over, it's rinse, repeat with these these questions over again every turn. Keep following this pattern. Um and then you get to it, and it totally makes sense. Because once you've done all that prep work, the one thing you can't control is after the after the actual the dice actually start rolling. Now it's unpredictable, at least from from a standpoint of what you're doing here. So well, it's funny because you've got all this lead up, and then it says turn one. I'm like, all right, we're getting into turn one, and it's like nine lines, <laughs> and then it's like, and just keep doing this till the end of the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? I read 13 pages about the five years I'm preparing to go to a tournament, and then you get a two, and now the game started. Good luck. Yeah, snake charming, right? It's just like, <laughs> it's, there's just nothing behind these eyes. You know, the, um, <laughs> so one of the things that we haven't mentioned, actually, which I, like maybe I didn't express it enough, is the term positioning in the like through the workbook. Uh-huh. I do talk about that. Now, like, and this is where we get into this. Like, so the beatdown at the start is who has the natural or uh, inbuilt game advantage. But positioning is how you win the game. And it's good or bad positioning. Positioning is is uh, being in a position. It's not about movement necessarily. It's being in a position to do or achieve the aim you're looking to like activate, basically. Uh-huh. And that's probably the hardest concept to pin down, but it's the most relevant it's um, every time you make your opponent make a mistake, you're creating bad positioning for them because your position is a, a, a effectively, I don't know, I, I imagine you're in like a, a gunfight and every time you get better positioning, you're just getting higher up that mountain shooting down. Um, and then every time you can knock your opponent down a few levels, their, their positioning gets worse and they're at a lower advantage point and you can, you know, uh, it's harder for them to shoot up. It's easier for you to shoot down. But you're always trying to force positioning. You're trying to force bad positioning. You're trying to force bad charges. You're trying to force bad matchups, which is a key one. Uh-huh. You know, I've got my mortal wound output unit against your turret re-rollable save unit. That's that's good. Whereas my mortal wound unit isn't very good against your horde unit that doesn't care about taking D6 mortal wounds because they've got 60 of them. Like you need you need the key tools to fight the right units, uh, and that positioning and jockeying and and I do talk about that before that. That's what you're looking to do. Well, all all the way up till in the prep and the deployment. Then after turn one, you're just constantly rejockeying for position, giving up position. Like and, and as I commentate on games, like sacrificing units. Um, to gain advantage where your opponent thinks they're gaining an advantage. There's, there's loads to it, um, but it's really hard. Oh, I found it really hard to to get down and write down. No, it's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's complicated, dude. I'm, I said, I'm the mo- and the more we're talking about this and your thought processes, the more impressed I'm getting with what's here. And I can see where you're going to add to it. Like I can already see all these fake hyperlinks where you're just going to be adding parts in here. Um, oh, this is, yeah, this is great. You know, and then we're moving in. Let's move into part five, though, because yeah. we're getting towards the wrap up here, and I think this part's important. This is this is analysis, and this is basically you know, take notes during your game if it's if it's not inconvenient. You know, take those photos every turn, so you can go back later and look at them and be like, "What did I do? Where did this happen? What happened here and there?" Um, and it and and doing that will really you you it'll keep you away from blaming your dice or 
or blaming, you know, double turns or deciding, oh, I have to just get rid of this whole army. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like this part as well as, as much as you can. And it's also nice, you know, sometimes when you're done with the game, especially if you lose, you know, talking to the person who beat you about how good they played and, you know, their little things, especially when you're learning about the army, wow, I didn't realize this could do so well, you know, and they might even say, oh, you know, it normally doesn't work that well. I got a little lucky. Or sometimes they'll be like, yeah, that thing is killer. You need to take that out right away. Talking to the person who whopped on you after the game, I think, and it's, I know it's not written here, but... If they're willing to, I mean, you know, before the game, they might be a little tight-lipped because they don't want to give away all the company secrets. But after the game, once you're, it's, you're we're done for this tournament, you can learn a lot from the guy who beat you, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can still learn loads from the person you beat. Oh, because, sure. Because, like, everyone's making assumptions, right? Like, the guy that's winning is making an assumption, let's say. So let's let's put it in this, this two kind of, like, pretend camps. But, like, there's the guy who's winning who wins, and he's made, like, correct assumptions. He's like, this unit will be that unit, and I, and, and I let you charge that unit, and you just did. Like, uh, you know, I assumed you would. And so he's making a load of positive assumptions. Mm-hmm. The guy that loses to you might be making a bunch of negative assumptions. This is in, in the hypothetical. So, like, this is there's a variance between the two always, so never mind. But when they're making those bad assumptions, it's still good to hear them. Because yeah. you're like, what you know, what were you thinking? Like, what were you expecting me to do? Like, Disclaimer, and this is why I mentioned asking the person who beat you. This is a conversation where if your social skills are not at the proper level, you might upset the person you just beat. <laughs> all right, yes, that's 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 really true at all. Uh, you see what uh, I'm uh, saying, though? Because that's where I get nervous. You, you know, you know. Well, geez, you know, I mean, I could just I could just picture someone taking this the wrong way, and then you want. Well, gee, you know, I won. Uh, you know, why? Why did you bother? To, why would you do that? Or you know, is there anything I could have done that could have beaten you quicker? Like, oh my God, please just be careful with what you're saying. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should write a list of things you could ask. Like, well, you know, I, I'm just throwing it out there because I mean, I'm, dude, I can talk to anybody. I'm pretty good at just talking to people, but. We all know that one guy who shows up at the tournaments who just has just hasn't learned how to talk to other humans yet, and you're just yeah, like, but, like but, but we can't. I mean, society does run at the the, the pace of its slowest, but like we can't like in, in that environment. Like, communicate. What I love about Warhammer and what I love about tabletop wargaming is all the people who I've met mm-hmm. more than anything talked about on this show and getting to talk to you is a great example i get to talk to someone who i respect and i think is amazing like on the internet about like something that we both love oh and i'm not saying that 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 person i'm just saying the person asking the questions let's i'm not worried about the person i'm asking the questions to i'm worried to say as we're talking about this just if you're the one asking the questions just make sure especially if you won the game to make sure that you're doing it in a way that doesn't come across. Because I've seen it happen, and that's the only reason I'm bringing it up. I've literally watched it happen where someone took a beating and the person who won was actually just trying to, actually, I think trying to help them out, trying to talk the game to them. But it came across as they were talking down to them a bit. And that person didn't, even though I'm sitting there hearing it going, you know, he gave you a lot of good advice. And it's like, yeah, but he was a total D-bag about it. Like, and that's all I'm saying. You know, that's that's where I throw in that, that bit there. Yeah, that caveat. Yeah. Um, well, either way, though, like, it's, it's, it's healthy. One of the things I would avoid, though, 
mm-hmm. if you can, is not how you change your army. That's later. You can't that's just change every couple of games. You got to play it and figure out. But that's what, yeah, that's that's something that I've learned, and I don't learn too many things when I play, obviously. But you can't just cop, keep swapping it out. Otherwise, how are you going to figure out what's good and what's not working for you? Yeah, like that's really key, especially when it's anecdotal evidence. Like if you haven't prepped before and said this this unit kicks out X in damage. Like and every time you roll under it, like I don't like knowing that sometimes because I get a little disappointed when it doesn't do even the average, you know. Um, but I, I always celebrate when it does above that. So that's a personal check I like to have on myself uh, yeah. to some degree. Um, but yeah, like knowing something like that, like will help you. Whereas if you just go off anecdotal advice and go, well, this unit is very good. It's like, well, actually, did you roll woefully below average, or or? did you actually use that unit in the wrong place? Like, what's its job? What does it do? And did you use it well to do that? Yeah. I spent ages with my uh, Chaos Dwarf on uh, Lord on top of his Bale Taurus. Amazing model. Yeah. Amazing model. And, like, he's fast. He seems to have loads of utility, but he's rubbish. So rubbish. Like, but it took me a long time. Well, he's not rubbish because he does a job. He could fight Grim Gas Reapers till the end of time. Because he's a single model. They don't get re-rolls. He's got a, he ignore, he's got a five up. He ignores damage. But that's not the job you want him to do. And that's, that's well, where it comes it's in. It's not the job I want him to do for the points that he costs. Right. Exactly. Um, so he's no longer in my army because mm. I can find better jobs or better units to do a job for the points that I pay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's something eventually I'll put into the list bit about analysis, about how do you compare unit X versus unit Y. It's quite hard. Job roles is always difficult as well. Um, but, yeah, analysis is, like, super important. Right. And- <laughs> okay, and it's another short section, and it talks about the analysis. Write it all down. And then, quite possibly the least satisfying ending to a book I have ever read. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Good point. Really I get solid. here and it's to do this. Go through your process of understanding the knowledge you've learned from these games and sharing them. And then your last sentence says, then go back to part two. <laughs> now I'm picking up going, what's part two? Oh, that's back to list building. Oh, okay. I get you. I was like, and, and, I try, and then there was one more page and it was like the thank you page. I'm like, what? what? That's... No, I mean, it, you know, we don't have to wrap it all up, and, and I don't have to, you know, there's no characters in here. I don't have to find out they lived happily ever after, but it was just so, like, boom, we're done. Like, hey, guess what, folks? We just finished. <laughs> like, you didn't know it either, but it's like, okay, after you're done with your analysis, then go back to part two. And oh, I like, should have done a, maybe that's just a, a, maybe that's a, this is his first try at a book situation. Yeah, he have a, that out a little bit. Just at least <laughs> say, you know, because now you go back, and not to picking a new army, you've done that, go back to, just give, when I go back to, to what should I look for, let's add that in there. That's my, that's my contribution to this book. Appreciate that. I'm going to do add a, something there, do because a, I got to there, and it, I was like, wait, I'm done? Like and the, and that was honestly that first time when I was flipping through the pages when it got to there and that was all in blue and I'm like wait a minute that's when I went back online to look for hyperlinks because I'm like they're all blue maybe that's what this is maybe I'm missing the clicks and there's no clicks and I was like oh okay Rob you tricked me yeah oh, I'm but, sorry yeah oh. it's 
But that is actually, that is the book. Then go back and start looking at your list, not changing your list, but looking at what, like you said, analysis, what are you doing with it? What's working? What's not? And that's where you keep, keep trying it a few more times, or maybe in different ways. Um, you know, using them differently, trying to see, okay, is this going to meet up to my expectations? And then after several games, if you just can't make it work and can't figure out why, then then, then your guy on your bail tours has to go back in the box. Yeah, like, and it's, uh, yes, G- going back to the, to, the, to the list stage, sometimes it doesn't have to be because of a negative experience, though. Like, it could be you won your tournament, smashing, yeah, or you beat your personal best, or you beat your friend at the club, or whatever it is you want to be, um, and however it is, far it is you want to go, and then you go back to the list building stage, and you go, is there a better way to do it, or a different way to do it? That I, uh, that too, yeah. I didn't even think about that. You know, I I smashed face, but this one, this didn't. This part, I could tweak. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, there's like so there's a variety of like like, and maybe I should put that in the end. But it does really is really based on why you were there in the first place. Obviously, everyone's gone into that process with a different why, which we established in the first part. So. You know, going back and honing, you know, achieving what you're looking to achieve is really important. It's like it's such a complicated game. <laughs> it's simple as well. I didn't but think I, it was when we started recording. <laughs> but it, but it's not as well. Like, like it, it's. Uh, What's well, how much you want to put into it again? Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, if you're the guy who's just meeting up with his friends, because I get emails every once in a while from people who miss. The days before MoComp turned into points for the army, and I'm and I'm I write them back. I'm like, you are just still playing open play with your friends, then, right? Like, oh yeah, we're totally doing that. And I'm like, well, good. Then what's the problem? Um, and but they, you know, they they can still use this exact stuff you're showing them. You know what I'm saying? It it doesn't. It, what you've got here works for everybody, um, and that's pretty cool. Thanks. Good. Well, I, I, if anyone, if if at least one, it was worth doing. It at least one, but if one person finds it helpful, which is, uh, and if anyone does have anything to help me improve it, so uh, uh, a conclusion, obviously, that would, uh, <laughs> that would spice it up um, and and help it. And and then this is just part of this is just part of like a, a, a suite of things that we created initially. Yeah. Uh, in like phase one, so obviously we the honest wargamer dot com. The, one of the things we did is we, obviously we, we we helped we we created a, a database so people could create lists and write guides on how those lists work. So if you want a jump off point for how to use an army, they're available off some pretty high end tournament gamers. And what happens if you read through a bunch of them is they don't just go now you win. They're like this is how I use Wildwoods. This is how I use this character. And you're like wow. Like, I hadn't thought of that. Like, and you're not going to think of it, like, because you won't play every army. But it's good to read. And then also the terms on the website, like, we took all of the key terms that we use um, and we just we just wrote out their definition. And then over the next year, what I'll be doing is I'll be, like, taking deployment as a thing and then we'll be just breaking it apart. We'll be writing a book on it. We'll be doing videos, just the whole process and just being like, what is everything we can learn? Because like you said, unless someone just goes about attacking it, like we won't know. Oh, yeah. 
No, it, it, like I said, I, that's why I really that's why I wanted to have you on because I haven't I haven't thought about everything in this way, and maybe other people are. Maybe you just wrote this, and I'm the one guy who's like, "Yeah, Rob, you just explained everything to me." Um, <laughs> you know, that's great. You, you you've you've helped the idiot. Um, but I'm I'm thinking that this is something that you know people should definitely take a look at and take some time with, um, because it's really got me thinking about. Not just the list I'm taking in a few weeks to Alpaca, but just my approach in general. Like I can, I I can incorporate these things without losing who I am as a player, and that's that's pretty good. Oh I've, well, I think, and like, look, like if you ever if we get the opportunity again, which would be my pleasure. But it's been amazing being on here, so I, I thank you again, and everyone. Super lucky to have this guy as your host. So brilliant. <laughs> Um, like, like, let me know if you found any of that relevant once you have been through the process of being at a tournament. Like, oh, I'm, I will. You know what? I'm going to work on this stuff leading up to Adepticon because it's too it's too quick for Wapaka. But I'm going to work on some of this stuff on the way up to Adepticon, and I will definitely let you know what I think about it. Because Adepticon, yeah. So absolutely. yeah, we'll we'll we'll, cool. we'll chat there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think we're done. Yeah, I think we need to be done too. I'm, I, my, I, I need to go be a parent at some point today. So, um, sleep is <laughs> three a.m. Yeah. Oh gosh. All right, hey folks. Um, please don't forget to check out after Eleanor, the Garage Hammer Horse Heresy Book Club on the Freebooters Network. Lots of great shows on there, and that is the only place you can hear new episodes of that, which Greg and I literally recorded a new episode yesterday. So by the time you're hearing this, it should if it's not out, and it's probably not out but because i got to edit it, but it's it's coming soon. So I know it's been a while, but it's there. It's going to be there. Uh, if you like it, leave them a nice iTunes review. Or if you like our show, we like iTunes reviews. Um, and I'm certain you wouldn't mind a few too, would you, for Honest Wargamer? Because uh, you are on Come iTunes. My favorite, yeah, we're on iTunes, comments, reviews, that's always good. But my favorite thing is when people join us when we're live. Yeah, the time difference sometimes makes it difficult for me, but uh, I jump on when I can because it's fun. Um, let's see. Oh, remember, Patreon page, folks. Um, before we go, I definitely want to thank our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, our executive producer, Nick Nafpliotis, and our newest associate producer, AJC. I think that's what we're going to have to do. I'll say AJC as long as he's doing this, and I'll have whoever's with me just repeat it. But AJC! 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 There you go. Thank you all for being part of the... Oh, God, I am an idiot. Thank you all for being part of the 1%. And, Rob, thank you so much for coming in and helping me out here because um, this was much better than had I just been sitting here by myself. Um, oh, this has been amazing. Thank you. It's also really been nice for you to invite me on to just talk about myself for a while. Like, you prefixed it with, Rob, I thought you were going to write an egotistical book and then had me basically parade myself for an hour and a half, which was a very clever trap. <laughs> that's bait. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you got me. You idiots. <laughs> yeah, see, I placed your book over here where everyone can see it. I've never even read it, Rob. Yeah, now you look at the smarmy person on the internet. Oh, gosh. All right. All right, so on that, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show... 
maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey,